next on the No Agenda live stream, I think we have it's another one of those Battle of the Douchebags, I believe. Something cool like that. Yes, Boobery, Lavish, Sir Seat Sitter, and Sir Ducifer. Ah! From InfoWars. Cool. That'll be the Battle of the Douchebags. Contestants today are Hannah Mouncey versus Jill Biden, I believe is the first matchup. And then it's, God, how do I do this every time? I never know who's coming up. <laughs> the second I mean, round's You, you know, be, you send uh, it to me, I can, I can read it out. <laughs> second round's Jack Dorsey be... versus Dr. Phil. <laughs> then we got Stephen King versus Chris Cuomo and Jared Leto versus the general neutral Humpty Dumpty Brian Stelter himself. Woo! Hell yeah. Douchey lineup. It's going to be... Uh, I'm already wet. <laughs> uh, I got some napkins. Uh, I want to thank uh, Sir Bimrose for giving us this uh, time slot once again. I want to thank uh, Darren O for letting me co-host the Rock and Roll pre-show with, with him this morning. And uh, we got uh, two executive producers for this episode to thank. It's Sir West came in with two donations. I think he's going for the dollar a douche thing that Servito, our other executive producer, started, who came in with $64, $1 for every douche that has been on the show. So there you go. Thank you to our producers. Thank you to Adam and John for letting us follow him up. And uh, yeah, thank you, Bimrose. Thank you, Darren. And thank you, the listeners. You can vote on every poll Boobery makes for each round. You're going to have five minutes to vote based on the clips you hear, based on who you hate more. Who's the bigger douche? Get in there and give him a vote. It's uh, at Boo underscore Burry Moth at No Agenda Social. Mothman. Boo underscore Burry Mothman. No Agenda Social. I'll get it, I'll get it one of these days. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, got a phone number, too, you can call uh, during each voting matchup. You can call in and weigh in, maybe try to sway the voters. And that uh, number to call is 865-465-6271. 865-465-6271. We'll open those phone lines up during each round during the voting. But, uh, yeah, I think without further ado, shall we, uh, start the first match? For sure. And, uh, Let the violence commence. Who gets to serve? <laughs> we do, uh, speaking of tennis, uh, actually speaking of tennis, did you hear about the guy who had to bow out of the Moderna sponsored tournament because he had heart problems? Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> one of the tennis players. Yeah, one of the tennis players had to bow out of the, and literally at the end of the clip, he's sitting there holding his chest and the doctor's looking at it with the stethoscope. And then he shakes the guy's hand because he can't continue anymore while the announcers are talking. And then it goes, sponsored by Moderna. I'm, I'm oh, sure that was, no. I'm sure that was number one trending on YouTube. No doubt. <laughs> Lambasted across yeah, every major publication. The algos just always, oh yeah, always boost that to the top every time for sure. Uh, I did the coin uh, flip thanks to thanks to Gal, the bot that hangs out in the hashtag green room, and it looks like it's going to be Hannah Mouncey up first. Hannah Mouncey, please come on down. Now, a lot of people might not know who Hannah Mouncey is. Um, basically, it's an individual who's transitioned. Used to be a boy named like Kalen or something like that, and then you know, as he played wait, 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 sports, wait, 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 wait. Kalen is already a girl's name. Though. 
Yeah, it might even be Kellen. No, it's not Kellen. It's like Kalen, I think is what it is. Yeah. And I know, I know a couple of douchebags named Kalen out there, but this guy basically was a team handball player. And that's like how he broke out of his introverted shell, became a team handball player. He's 6'2, probably around 220. Uh, they, they keep mentioning his weight in kilos and I don't know. It's like 165 kilos. I don't know what that is. We could probably get the bot to figure it out. That's and, uh, yeah. And uh, anyway, at some point in 2015, he said, you know what? I'm going to start taking hormone replacement and then started competing on the women's team handball circuit as a woman playing with the women's teams. And the videos of this individual are, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing the munchkins, um, get, <laughs> getting the ball, powering it in, just a total douchebag of a human. And let's see, I have my clips here and where do I start? Where do I want to start with this person? Um, I think on, uh, let's start with number nine, Hannah, how he transitioned. I think that's a good one to start with. Essentially, look, I take four pills a day, you know, estrogen and an anti-androgen. Um, and that's pretty much it. But she decided against a lot of work. gender reassignment. Have you finished the transition? Oh, look, I am transitioned. Some people will go, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of cosmetic surgery and, you know, reshape their jaw and, um, you know, have surgery on their voice box and get breast implants and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely not going down that path. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work. So do we comment on this? How does this work? Do I get to comment yeah. after this or so you, do we let you? Okay. Yeah. Generally, the rules have been um, three minutes of clips per round, and you have okay. about a 10-minute presentation that you can make it with using those clips. All right. But so it's not, uh, this not guy like sticklers about it it's, as long as you don't go crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I won't long-wind it. Uh, you know, basically, the guy didn't cut his dick off. All right, and still wants to compete as a woman. Yeah. Now, I think it, it just to be eligible to compete as a woman, I think you should at least cut your dick off. Period. I mean, and I think you know if you're not going to go that far, then you shouldn't be competing in women's sports. Okay. What's the price yeah, you pay it. to be a woman? That's the price you, you pay. The yeah, yeah. You got to cut the dick off and grow the boobs. You got to pay the toll. <laughs> you must. You got to do something. Boys. I mean, it, it, one minute. You know, in his case. <laughs> It's I'll probably a pound of flesh too. Yeah. 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 One, a, I don't we know need about a pound that. of flesh. Yeah, I don't know about a pound. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of a pound of flesh, 165 kilograms is about 25.98 stone. Oh, that was yeah, great. That <laughs> Thank you. For all you English out there. Yeah. <laughs> For all you uh, curling experts. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, um, coming from my background, I know what a gram is, but I've never actually seen a kilo of anything in real life. So now, um, in addition to, so do I keep going, or do I yeah. let somebody else do another clip? Okay, no, no. All right, so, so you'll, you'll you'll finish your presentation, and then we'll do. Um, uh, was it Jill Biden's next? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this and is interesting because we'll, it's like it's. Yeah, do you throw we'll your big vote. clips up front, or or what? I don't know. That's the name of the game. This is the strategy. Yeah, it's yeah, we're all trying to figure it out, man. We still have not yeah. figured out exactly what works. <laughs> <laughs> do you just slam it home right in the beginning to get to the second round, or you know? Because all right, well let's you know, let's go to this. Use one. your worst clip as your first clip. That's that's the biggest the, thing I think. You got to. Well, and I I think the the fact that he's keeping his dick that's a pretty strong clip. It's a statement. Let's. 
It is a statement. It's 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 a the foot down, the third foot down on the ground. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, th- and this is all part of a sixty minutes um, interview kind of report they did. So this is clip uh, uh, seven on what Hannah still likes. Two years ago, he was diagnosed with gender dysphoria, a condition where a person's gender is different to the body they were born in. And that was tough because you're sort of going, I'm 80, 90, 95% sure, but until you go, okay, well, I'm going to even just walk around the block at 1.30 in the morning as a female and see how comfortable you feel. So is that what you did? Yeah, it was literally like five minutes outside, pray there's no cars coming and then run back in. Um, it's diff- it's a difficult thing because the first time you do it, you go, Jesus, I look stupid and I feel like an idiot, but you know, you, you just sort of have to do it. Were you more attracted to females or males at that oh, point? Oh, yeah, girls for sure. I still am. Um, you know, and that's something people don't really understand um, is gender identity and, you know, sexuality, they're completely different. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is it is completely different. And um, uh, but and all this is under the backdrop of this guy wants to compete with women and, you know, Hey, whatever you want to do in your own backyard, you want to dress up like a woman and walk around your neighborhood at 1 a.m. at night, that's fine. I don't care. But you want to go compete against women and you're physically superior. Um, and now I, what I, where, where do I go from here? Talk about the advantage that, that he has or, uh, he talks about a, sw- there's a swimming ban that recently happened between Leah Thomas. They made that decision that trans can't compete against women but they might create an open category which then i think all the trans can fight it out which they don't want to do that they you know they don't want to do that they want to compete against women but it also talks about her stats before she started uh uh doing the hormone replacement or the hormone i don't know estrogen treatment aux- treatment yeah and after and that's interesting because i don't know if i quite believe it because she still looks like a damn ox, and, and she's claiming she's only benching sixty pounds. But let let's do let's do clip two. This is Hannah a, AFL advantage, and this is uh, AFL is the American like uh, our Australian football league for women. So it's the AFLW. You accept, and sorry. go ahead. Yep. No, go ahead. Do That's you fine. accept the AFL's argument that you do have a size advantage over some of your opponents? I think the biggest issue is not necessarily that I'm too big or too strong now. It's more okay, you're already big, you're already strong, whatever, but what if you were to get into that elite training environment and they were to build you up, put on an extra 15 kilos and you just push everyone aside? But physiologically, that's just not going to happen. See, it's just not going to happen because he said so. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to get bigger and stronger when I start doing elite training because I'm, I'm kind of a woman, essentially. Or I think I'm a woman, but I'm not going to cut my dick off. It's the classic That's no, my uh, argument. <laughs> no, now, what, how much? I, not to, no. I, don't know, if, I hope I'm not jumping too far ahead here, but like, how much money is Hannah making from these? I, uh, I I can't see it's making that much because if you think about what the WNBA players make, and that's probably the elite of the world, and then you're going to Australia and seeing what the the Australian rugby women's players make. You know, what do you think Australian or American rugby players make nothing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think I don't think it's a money thing. It's definitely okay. it's to push it's to push the the needle forward. She's not an end. She's a means to an end. 
Or she, she. It's more of an activism thing than a money thing. I think. Yeah, somebody's got to be the first, so she's the first, and so uh, yeah. And I'm gonna mark these. It's so a vanity thing. These clips. I definitely think it's a vanity there's thing. Some, there's and some jokes about hey, you could handball, you could make for sure, just like the. Oh yeah, and, and she's a, a badass team handball player because she what that's what she was in a previous gender. <laughs> so uh, in a previous life, yeah. So. So, and, uh, you know, in this thing, they interview her friend who's like, yeah, he's, she, she's my mate. She's still my mate, you know, but it mate means different in uh, Australia. It means your buddy. Um, right. And, you know, they feel bad that she has to go through all this. And, uh, you know, this, this, it feels like the 60 minutes people are kind of for it. It feels like everybody's for it. The media's for it. Everybody's for it, except maybe these women. And they go, well, and the women haven't said anything. Later on, if we get to her, if she makes it to the next round, we'll get to some more clips of other people who are sp- helping speak for Hannah and uh, helping her along on her journey. Because it seems like that we have to get to that next level where men are competing in all sports and beating the shit out of women, or we can't, you know... uh uh, trans be transhumanist into the next, you know, uh, epoch of enlightenment. You know, this has to happen first before the next key, uh, the next door is opened to what's going to happen next. Yeah. It's the stepping stone. Yeah. Well, speaking exactly. of, uh, exactly. transitioning, that was perfect. Cause we're right at the 10 minute mark. <laughs> there you go. Hey-o. Thank you for your courage. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's unless you had like a last uh, closing, put a bow on that real quick. When we move on to <laughs> no, I think I did. I think I put a bow on it. The previous yeah. transition or previous gender. That was uh, that was my bow. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, that Jill brings uh, Jill Biden. Does it not? Yes, it does. That it does. Hello. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's do it then. Uh, let's see, Jill Biden. Uh, you may have heard of, she is the current first lady of the United States, the second wife of Joe, Joseph Biden. And, um, junior, 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 is he, is he, is there a senior too? Is Joe Biden he, senior? He, cl- he claims it's a junior. He's like, I, I'm Ju- Joseph Biden junior. I don't Wait, know why it makes a difference. It's Joseph it, Robinette Biden yeah. junior. <laughs> Joseph yeah, Robinette Biden junior. Yeah. God. And forgive me, I totally forgot. Her name isn't Jill Biden; it's Doctor Jill Biden. That's my yeah. that's my bad. Let's get no, the we got title a doctor. Straight. We got a Doctor Phil and a Doctor Jill on here. That's yeah, right. we've got two doctors going up one against another. Two doctors that you would not want in a hospital room with you, treating on you. <laughs> not that kind of doctor. It says you. <laughs> this person needs a doctor. She needs a doctor. Did you just say she? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That kind of doctor. So she's, uh, you know, as far as first ladies go, I, I kind of just, I don't know. I, I think she's interesting because she's definitely a classic East Coast out of touch elitist lady who like <laughs> has only lived in mansions her whole life. But, you know, she gives it her all. She goes out there and tries to do her thing with the, uh, with the American people. Uh, I got a nice little supercut here, uh, Sir Seed Sitter. You could hit Jill Biden one supercut. First Lady Jill Biden has her work cut out for her at the college where she teaches and at the White House, where her duties take her far and wide. 
Well, uh, Jimmy and Frankie took me out to dinner because I think they wanted to let me know that uh, the family plan was um, that Joe would someday be president. And so they were letting me in on this and uh, kind of warning me that if I was going to marry him, that this was part of the plan. You are out there shaking hands with kids, hugging them, talking to them. What do you get from it? I feel excitement, and I'm so happy that they're happy to meet someone who cares about them. I see Ashley <laughs> Biden over there. What's it like? And the Biden's like daughter, <laughs> who usually <laughs> keeps a low profile, <laughs> was along for the trip. And the diary. She's so excited because when I said I was coming to the Cherokee Nation, she said, just like I said, Mom, can I go? And I said, of course you can go. And, uh, and aboard an Air Force plane as she traveled back east late that Friday night. You keep asking me, why do I keep going? I do keep because asking you that because I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> because of days like today. Like, how can you not keep pushing forward every day to try to make a difference and change people's lives, right? Do you think it might be a little bit of a compliment that people are trying to think of something to criticize you about? And they're like, oh, what do we got? I, I got it. Okay, I'll take it that now, way. Now, what about you as a husband who loves this person? Did you ever, you know, want to, like, get out of length of pool chain and go full corn pop on these people? <laughs> the answer is, it's no. close. There's no. <laughs> no, no, but, but there's some of these, anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not a joke. <laughs> She's she's his handler, dude. It's crazy. Did you see that video from? Uh, I saw it for the first time today, but it might have been from a day or two ago, where she's physically pulling Biden back with both both hands away from the reporters. Yeah, yeah, physically moving him outside Air Force One. Classic. Was he sniffing reporters? What was he doing? <laughs> well, he was trying I guess it's to. A six feet distance thing, I guess. I don't know. More like six inches, you know what I mean? He's, he's in there. He wants, he wants to smell everything around him all the time. She, uh, she really does keep him from doing that. Like, like he'll go up to girls and start doing stuff and she'll be like, Oh, time to get him out of here. And there's, there's actually a clip I've got later. Uh, if, if it makes it that goes into her, like <laughs> basically defending him from all the sniffing and touching that he's done. And it's like, yeah, he's he, a people person. He should just, you know, people should just watch out when they go up and uh, hug him. You know, they should just be aware that that's the kind of person he is. Joy Behar said in the view, he's touchy feely, but he didn't mean it. I, I do need to point out because I, I forgot the one person I forgot to thank at the top of the show was Nestworks, who made two great pieces of art ahead of time for the show. And Jill Biden has a shirt uh, on the art that just says tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, we might as well play it. Jill Biden 2, Tacos. Okay. All right. uh, here we go. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, Bogodas. as beautiful as the Blossoms of Miami, oh, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio... <laughs> Yeah. Is your strength? Oh, oh, oh you're <laughs> out of touch. That's right. Uh, that's old Jill Biden, Doctor Jill Biden. Doctor Jill. Oh, I've already got. We Dr. already got pictures Dr. of Dr. Social of 
Bogota, dude. Bogota. It's Bodega. <laughs> and uh, I got pictures coming up of Creepy Joe all over NAS. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. No agenda social. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I guess you made that, uh, Rob, that uh, choose your fighter with its stelters, the, the woke IRS agent. <laughs> oh, well, I stole that picture and added my own title to it, if that's what I you like mean. It. Yes, of course. Yeah, I stole that. Choose your fighter. Or in Stelter's case, it's, You chose oh, wisely? All right, so here's uh, matchup one of round one. If we're ready, we'll uh, open the poll and we'll open the phone lines. All right. Yeah. Poll is going live at boo underscore Barry Mothman at noagendasocial.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Ready? Go! And the phone lines are open. That is 865-465-6271. Let's open it up. 865-465-6271. Let's fucking go, dude. <laughs> yeah. Call in. Give us a call. <laughs> uh, is it yeah, going to be so Hannah um, Mounce? Yeah, Hannah, Hannah. How do you, we were wondering before you got here, Rob, is it, it is Mouncy? It's not Muncie or Mounce? Mouncy. I believe it's, I believe it's Hannah Mouncy. That's how you say it in Australian. Mouncy. 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 I mean, they try to make it sound masculine, but it's not. It's like, hey, hey we got a call. Oh, wow. Caller, you're on the air. Sabs in six-pack battle douchebags, part seven. Who are you liking for this match? Hey, guys, what's up? It's Footloose. 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 A.K.A. Adam from the Deborah Gets Red Pill podcast. Huh? Footloose What's is your G.I.G. note. G.I.G. G.I. Joe name. G.I.G. Joe. G.I. Joe name. Yeah. Oh. Well, yes. now I know. <laughs> no, it's half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who, are you, who are you liking? Yeah, I think, uh, this is a, this is a tough, it's a tough matchup, man. I mean, Jill Biden, total douchebag, but I have not been able to watch Australian women's handball since this Hannah situation started happening. You know, it's changed. <laughs> My whole me either. My favorite sport. <laughs> I mean, look at you know, God. But uh, I think I got to go. I think I think I got to go with Hannah on this one. Hannah, all mm. right. Yeah. Hannah's getting yeah. her butt kicked yeah. right now. She needs some help. Oh really? Doctor Dr. Jill is proving too tough. We have almost twenty voters at this point. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I need to retweet this. Yeah. The, Retoot the okay. two. Well, well, it's moving. Right, it's moving. There you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, Jill, um, why, why you think, why you think Jill is like, because it's all, it's all, I kind of agree that, uh, I, I'm, I'm impartial here since I don't have a dog in this race, but I'm assuming that, like, Jill Biden, you know, she's, um, She's a handler for Joe, but really, is she doing anything? Is she making policy decisions? She's not like a Hillary Clinton type. It doesn't seem like she's just kind of there. No, she's not. She knows what her role is. Bomb. She's not getting anybody to bomb Bosnia because she's mad at her husband. You know. Right. Well, there's there's. I I think she just likes the treatment. You know, the treatment of a first lady is probably really nice, and she probably likes that treatment, and she wants it to continue. In order for it to continue, she's got to prop this guy up and give him the jolt up the ass every once in a while. <laughs> it was part of the yeah. plan. She, When she yeah. married him, she agreed it was part of the plan. 
Give him these well, pills like when he starts are... to fall over. <laughs> Shoot this into his arm. Babysitter? Like, was she the babysitter for his children when his wife died? When his first wife died? What are you talking about? Yes, she's, the she's still babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it comes full circle. But isn't that the story? Wasn't, wasn't, didn't, didn't his wife die in a, in a horrific car crash? Yeah. And then he married Bo, his babysitter? Boba. Boba Biden. And she raised my, uh, right. here, him now. So, my theory is that the wife, was trying to kill herself and the kids and went head on into the car because of what Joe was doing. That's my theory. I can't mm. prove it, but I like that theory. Um, and folks, dark. we are one but minute puzzle. out from the polls closing one minute out. Make sure you go get your uh, votes Shit. cast. 33 people have voted. 33 people have voted. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, we're down well, to the wire people. Get in there and vote. We, uh, before we let you go, uh, Footloose, is there anything, anything else, any thoughts you had? Uh, no. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Thanks I believe, I believe on the part eight, it's going to be you and Tom Starkweather joining us. Okay. Sounds That's good. I'll start out curating clips. Word. All right. We'll see you, man. All right. See you guys. Bye. There goes Footloose. He's off. Coming down to it, people. Deborah gets red pill in the podcast, everybody. That is not looking good for the handballer at this point. That's not good. But if she loses, you can play, uh, pick a couple clips to play her out with. Just to oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, and then whatever we don't get to clip-wise, I always put at the end of the show in post-production. So that way all the clips get played. Right <laughs> That's it. Yes, nothing goes to waste. Nothing goes to waste right. here. <laughs> that's it. That's, yep. uh, that's the res- right. we'll Final results. With seventy-four percent of the of seventy-four percent, excuse me, of the vote, it's Doctor Jill Biden. Thirty-four people came out in round one of Battle of the Douchebags. It's like a Liz Cheney election. <laughs> Jill, Jill took it. Man, I, I, I mean, Jill Biden is a douchebag. I picked her for a reason, but I figured. Hannah would get a little more love. That was a, that was a real douchebag. Jill yeah. took it like a babysitter taking a husband. <laughs> <laughs> douchebag. Mega douche. All right. So, Mega douche. <laughs> so now we got uh, some, a little bit of playout clips for Hannah before we move on to the next matchup. Yes, let me pull up the clip list here and let's go with. So this is actually a um, a doctor. Who I'll, I'll say who she is afterwards, but this is, uh, clip three, Lisa Watson, Dr. Lisa Watson on Hannah. The people who seem to have the biggest problem with this is male administrators, but the female competitors haven't raised their voices at all. Prior to her transitioning, she had a V8 motor powering this big muscle frame. Now she's transitioned and her testosterone level has dropped and her muscle mass has decreased and her strength and uh, stamina has decreased. She's now got a little four-cylinder engine, so she's actually at a physical disadvantage. I'm just wondering whether they did not want to have someone like Hannah representing their new league. Um, They wanted 
a presentable, beautiful female who could be the face of AFLW. A trans woman may not be what they desire. It's, you'd, oh think, uh, you'd think um, you'd like you'd get brownie points for having a trans woman as the face of it. But I I, guess it's I would think so. That would increase your ESG rating totally. I absolutely right. mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. to play this ISO in honor of that clip. She's perfect <laughs> and she's beautiful and stunning and brave. <laughs> yeah. and don't That's forget exactly strong. <laughs> now, now, uh, what's interesting about Dr. Lisa Watson is, uh, she too used to be a he, also transitioned and is a, a, a they call her an athlete as she's playing golf. <laughs> oh God. In between the, and she's an athlete, whack. And then she goes into the, the, uh, V8 motor, but I liked her V8 motor. Um, and that, and that her size and strength are of no significance to her now because she doesn't have any. And then, uh, Hannah, who looks like a fucking linebacker. Um, so there's, t- do you think I have time for two clips? Uh, like, how long is 10 and 12? How long are they? Uh, let's see. Clip 10, clip 12. Are they short? Cause you could just uh, throw them back to back. I was going to say all together. Ten and twelve would be about three minutes. I mean, wait, I can, oh. we can we can sit we can sit through those, just play straight through them, and then I'll put the other like five clips at the end of the show if you want. Well, and there, there's an interesting uh, in clip ten, Tana makes an interesting uh, factoid which I was not aware of, but I'm also not surprised at after I heard it. So let's play ten first. Uh, I'm Hannah Mouncy. Pronouns are she and her. And uh, look, I'm a handball player, football player, business owner. Dog mum. I stand up for everyone being given an equal shot. It's about everyone being treated with the respect they deserve. Started playing handball when I was probably 19 years old, so I was quite late to it. Um, but in Australia, that's pretty common because it's not a huge sport here. And then um, transitioned from male to female in 2016, so She's I would have been 27, um, <laughs> which which was difficult, um, but. You know, I was always going to keep playing sport because why wouldn't I? Look, sport's really important to me because it's always been where I felt comfortable, which I know is not the case for 99% of trans people, really. So it's a little bit different. Um, But for me, it's always been where I felt safe. And to be honest, it's probably what I used to cover up all the insecurities that I had too. And I threw myself headlong at it. And so for me, it's what I've always done. I wanted to do a lot of things in that place. And I knew if I was trans, like I couldn't do it. Um, so by the time I, I knew what trans was and I thought maybe it was going down that path, I was like, no way, I can't be. Because then what happens to sport? And so I just buried it for a lot of other reasons too, but I just buried it. And um, it wasn't until I was 24, 25 that it just became impossible to live with. Like, it really did. I was, like, beyond exhausted running away from it and trying to work out what it was and being terrified that people would find out that I had these thoughts and feelings around who I was. And for me, sport gives me purpose because it was always something to work towards. For me, it was always the thing that I knew I was good at. It was a purpose. It was a drive to achieve something, um, to become good at something, and you know, do something with a group of people that you also have a lot of fun with. Um, And in that, you know, we get a lot of trans people come anyway once they realise that it's a safe place. And, you know, with autism, there is a really high proportion of 
trans people who also have autism. Absolutely incredible. Hashtag, Just cut it off, dude. You wouldn't understand. Just cut it off. <laughs> Do it. Come exactly. in. <laughs> There's a lot of indecision going on in this individual. But the, the whole trans people are autistic is interesting, and I think we've seen this around. And I think it's how they, they get these people into it because they create the religion. The autism people need a lot of guidance, and there's people there ready to guide them into transitioning because that's the ultimate uh, desire for the New World Order is to have more people transitioning, which, you know, will decrease the population in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but I, I didn't know that, that, like, I think uh, put two and two autist- together. Autistic kids in school, um, like, they're more vulnerable to be preyed on by, like, the they're more susceptible to the propaganda of, like, the trans agenda. Well, you know what they say right. about... And back in... Sorry. Go ahead. No, you, go ahead. You know what they say about two weeks? Two more weeks. Yeah. And coming out to a new... A brave new world. Uh, yeah, brave new world. Uh, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I do so like two weeks. So causes this autism, <laughs> and then autism causes the trans. So the vaccine causes trans people. There you go. Whoa. There you go. There you go. Science. All the, the dots have been life. connected. <laughs> it's perfect. Believable. They are right, making and that clip gay. I was gonna say clip twelve. That clip was a promo. Yeah, that clip was a promo that she did um, a few like about a year ago about transitioning and all that stuff. But yeah, well, I ended up with clip twelve, and this these are her stats uh, before transitioning and after. I would ask how much they actually know about what happens to a trans person's body when they go through uh, a transition process. Trans people are never included in the discussion, really, when it comes to policy debate or anything like that. And so until we are, um, you know, athletes who look at excellent at what they do and are being asked for an opinion, but I don't think they really know what they're talking about a lot of the time, and nor should they. You know, if, if I wasn't trans, I wouldn't know what I'm talking about either. For me, I can tell you, you know, I... Uh, at November 2015, before we went over to Qatar to compete at the Olympic qualifiers for handball, uh, I was benching 150, squatting 200, and cleaning 140, and that's all kilos. Within 12 months, my bench press had gone down to about 60, uh, the squat had gone down to about 70, and the clean had gone down to about 60 or 70 again. It's a pretty big drop in 12 months, but also, how do we apply any of this science or how do we look at people's bodies? You know, I use myself as an example. I think it's on the record. I, I am, you know, 6'2", quite big. I'd be an awful gymnast and I'd be an awful marathon runner, an awful diver. So are we going to tell trans people that they can only play sports that they're not going to be good at? You know, it's, it's a real problem. And, and I think we need to look at it as a whole and not look at it in such a simple way as, as we are at the moment. Man, I really don't like this person. <laughs> <laughs> Douchebag. And this this was uh, in reference to the uh, swimming organization making a, a ruling that trans women could not compete against regular women, real women. So uh, they brought her on to talk about it as a pundit. So that that was I, th- the, I believe the correct the, term uh, is cis women. Well, cis women, yes, yeah, cis, cis women. women. They're, they're swimming, <laughs> swimming. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's uh, you know and. Th- 
you know, they talk about wanting to be accepted and this and that and their feelings and all that. But I don't think taking in regard, and this is why I think Hannah is a, a big douchebag, not taking in regard the women she's competing against, the, the actual women who she's larger than, weighs more, can lift more, and she's competing against those women and basically she, bullying them. That that's a if you watch the way she plays, she's a bully type player. She's moving her, moving her, and it's like it's almost like. And like, would I don't know where do I guess if you're uh, you know uh, a pimp, you know you like to beat on your women. It's sort of like a pimp move. I'm gonna be the one dude with all these women and slap them around, <laughs> and that's what I feel. Her, Hannah Mouncey is just is basically a, a, a pimp. They kept his yeah. dick. Mm. And we'll get jobs for the rest of her life as a, <laughs> yeah, as a exactly. spokeshole. Well, bye, Hannah. We won't miss you. See you, Hannah. Nope. Not <laughs> at all. Round one. Continuing round one here. Uh, challengers. Challengers approach. It's going to be Dr. Phil versus Jack Dorsey. And up first, it's Jack Doctor. Dorsey. Jack Dorsey. You're, you're, you're. Jack, Jack. Jack. Make your case. <laughs> at Jack. We got the Jack. Well, you guys have heard of this Jack Dorsey fellow before, right? Once or twice. He's, uh, yeah, he's the, uh, he's a co-founder and, uh, head of Twitter, a little company called Twitter. And he started it back in, oh, around 06 or so with a couple of douchebags. And, uh, it turns out, you know, there's, there's kind of a pattern that goes on in Silicon Valley. I've noticed I'm actually kind of from the area and I, I I've seen, I've seen it happen again and again, boys. I've seen it happen again and again. You got your, your, you know, typical college level Yale, Stanford bras that are starting tech companies and uh, something hits and someone gets paid out and, uh, you know, somebody usually gets sacrificed in the, uh, in the process. Somebody like, let's say three people start a company. Usually two of those guys, they go on and then they cut out the third guy. And you had that with Facebook. Yep. Except in that case, Zuckerberg just cut out fucking everybody. Uh, and then, you know, the Winkle, it happens here. He cut out the Winklewoss twins or whatever they're called. He cut the out Winklewoss the twins. twins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a couple other cats. Uh, and <laughs> usually the, the bulk of the work is, is done, you know, by somebody who gets cut out then by the, by the aggressive, uh, whoever or whatever. And it turns out that Jack Dorsey, who's known as a really kind of laid back guy, you know, for his birthday, he goes on 10-day uh, silence meditation retreats. You know, very zen, zen bra. Uh, turns out he kind of pulled some awful shit uh, when he was uh, starting up Twitter. It wasn't even really his idea in the first place. If you can play Jack Dorsey 1, Betrayal. Hmm. Oh, wait. Jack, that's 2. Betrayal or 1? Oh. Uh, oh, uh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, 2 Betrayal. Yeah, why not? The story of how Twitter started is one filled with betrayal and controversy. Here's a Twitter account owned by a man named Noah Glass. His bio reads, I started this. If I was to tell you that Noah, the owner of this Twitter account with only 38,000 followers, helped start Twitter but was kicked out of the company before it got off the ground, you may not believe me, but that is true. So why doesn't anyone know about Noah and why did he get kicked out? Well, it's partly because of this man, Evan Williams. 
but also because of this man, Jack Dorsey. Noah Glass had created a product where a user would dial a number and the service would turn your voice message into an MP3 message, which would be hosted on the internet. Noah would turn this online voicemail idea into a company called Odeo. The company moved into an office and started hiring more employees. One of these employees was a quiet on-again, off-again web designer and university dropout by the name of Jack Dorsey. During this time, Jack Dorsey and Noah Glass really hit it off and soon they were inseparable. Back at work, when looking at what the staff was working on to save Odeo, Noah Glass gravitated towards Jack. He thought of him as one of the best stars in the company. One day in February of 2006, Noah and Jack presented the idea to the rest of the company. It was a system where you could send a text to the number 40404 and the text message would be broadcasted to all your friends. They would receive an SMS of what you wrote and you could add more friends via text message. So what would they call this thing? After dismissing the word Twitch for a name, they would call it Twitter. Noah would take charge of the Twitter project while Jack did the coding. One day, Evan asked Noah to go with him for a walk and it was here that Noah's worst fears were realized. Evan told Noah that he was fired. All was not as it seems though. Jack Dorsey, who Noah bonded with and thought of as a friend, was actually the person who wanted Noah out. Jack had recently met with Evan Williams and threatened to quit if Noah wasn't let go. The reasons for why exactly has never been revealed. Unaware of what Jack had done behind his back, Noah and Jack would meet at a bar later that night. A defeated Noah would drink late into the night. At one point, Noah told Jack that he'd been fired. Jack acted dumbfounded and blamed Evan. As the night came to a close, Noah hugged his friend and walked home. Jack soon became CEO of Twitter and Evan went to the chairman position. According to many employee and investor accounts, Twitter would not have been created without Noah Glass. Everyone was shocked at the decision. Noah expresses how he felt. Quote, I feel betrayed by my friends, by my company, by the people around me I trusted and I worked hard to create something with. I was a little shell-shocked, so I spent a lot of time by myself and working on things alone. In any case, Evan Williams remained at the helm of one of the premier online companies, and Noah Glass's name was largely erased from the history books. I was going to tweet this too. Maybe I should. Massive. <laughs> God. Universal. Fuck that guy, dude. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, you know, they're all douchebags. Uh, but uh, yeah. Maybe that's why he's running away from the company now, because he feels guilty of what he did. And it's finally catching uh, up to him and all that uh, sin meditations. Like, dude, you're an asshole. You need to just, go. You need to every time check. Every time Jack meditates, he just hears over and over his head, "You're a douchebag." Yeah, you're a douchebag. <laughs> Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. Yeah, he's a negative. After looking into him, I'm thinking that he probably uh, he probably doesn't care at all, and he's actually just trying to go pursue his what he wanted to do along, which was be a massage therapist. <laughs> and that's true. I thought, I thought he really you were say a he misogynist. Was, he's well, he is a mis- he, he is he's a he's he. Misogology, misogynist, yes. And he, <laughs> he loves to rub people up and that's how he got a lot of his, you know, his early connections is he would, he would get with the coders and he would massage their shoulders and their buttholes because they, you know, would be sitting at a desk all day. And then Jeez. they would, uh, you know, he'd, he'd get, he'd weasel little secrets out of them. 
So it's but, like this. Do you do you like do you like Drupal? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, you, you said he'd weasel secrets out of him. Is secrets a euphemism for sperm? Or yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What prompted genetic you to, code? To tweet when that? I mean code, he got code out. It was genetic code that he was getting out. Of him. <laughs> okay. It was uh, it was filthy, he, dirty code. Uh, yeah, he's a he's a real piece of fucking work. Uh, very very strange fella. Um, none of my other clips are short enough for me to, to squeeze in here. So I'll just, I'll just leave it at that for old. That old was Jack. a good clip. It was a good clip. Yeah. I didn't Thank know you. about any of Oh, he, he gets, uh, he gets stranger. He gets <laughs> is, is that a, a name of a documentary or where'd you get that from? Where did that come? Cause it seemed very uh, produced. I can find it for you. It was, it was on YouTube somewhere. Uh, oh, okay. I'll, I can pull it up for you later if you like. Let me just show you some fun stuff I found on Twitter. <laughs> All right, Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil. Um, oh God. Um, yeah. What? What to say about this guy? You know? Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! Open the door, or I'm gonna throw rocks through your windows, you <laughs> dumb whore! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, I kind of like this guy. What do you mean? <laughs> this guy's the man. So, yeah. yeah. Doc, uh, oh, real quick. Um, I'm just starting. Doctor misogyny. I, I, it was, seemed like it wasn't happening for a second, but I'm noticing it again. I think it might be you. Do if you could just turn your headphones down a tad because I'm getting like a little bit of slapback from my headphones. I think okay. so. Unless it's somebody else. Let me see. I, I, I don't have my speakers on. Hold on. Um, John, your speakers. Yeah, I could, or I could just put no headphones sitting on your uh, thing, and that would fix it. Well, well he does that. I'll make one one thought more about the uh, about Twitter. It, it, it dig it up, dug it up, said it on the chat in the chat. Jesus, uh, that uh, it's all DARPA. It's all government shit. Like none of these companies succeeded just purely in a vacuum or in the free no, market. No, they need a front man. They were they're yeah. all fronts. They're all Every, in Qtel fronts. The internet itself was came out of DARPA <laughs> and the Navy, right? This tech startup uh, was yeah. brought to you by Alpha Alphabet Soup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The FIB. <laughs> the letter C. All right. The um, letter I. God. <laughs> so, D- Doctor Phil, he people say he's not a real doctor, but really, um, it's that's only half true. He his he is he's a psychologist. He has a psychology degree, but he has not renewed his degree in over fifteen years. So he is not licensed to practice. Um, but he does feel the need to practice on a show as a therapist, which any good therapist knows that doctor patient confidentiality, confidentiality and them feeling safe and being able to be vulnerable with you is the key parts. But Dr. Phil doesn't really respect any of that. He just gets the most vulnerable, insane or hurting people and makes a spectacle of them on TV. And then when they call him out for him, just making a spectacle out of them so his audience can make fun of them. He gets super defensive and kicks him off his show and shit like that. Uh, yeah, but I have a, uh, A, B, and C, uh, series of clips here. Uh, this is my segment, Dr. Phil versus Alcoholics. And, uh, he has this actor from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, on, uh, and this is how that goes. So I'll play the first clip. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get better, you know? I'm not, I'm not hiding from anything. How's your, uh, it's an actor named, uh, Nick, Nicholas something. I didn't, Nick I didn't pull the name. He's hilarious. 
Yeah, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, this this is just crazy what Doctor Phil does to him. That's why I'm here. Yeah, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get better. You know, I'm not. I'm not hiding from anything. How's your life working for you? You know, it's 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 good and it's bad. It's not horrible. Well, you've been arrested five times in eight months. Correct. You're fifty thousand dollars in debt and you can't get work. Right. Are you drunk now? No. Did God. you drink this morning? No. Because I smell alcohol on you. Oh, do you? Yes. Wow. It's coming out of I my pores. I, I don't have any alcohol in me right now, so. You want to take a breathalyzer? I mean, what? Yeah, we can. Did you drink last night? I did have some beers last night, yeah. I did. I got a report last night that said that um, you were at a bar last night. We're done. I'm not doing this. And uh, Thank you, though. Thank you. Is this open? I, I got a report. So, so first of all, that means Dr. Phil had somebody following him around, which is also kind of weird. But Dr. Phil's like, I got a report yeah. that uh, you were at a bar last night. The guy goes, we're done. Takes off. He, he tries to take his mic off, and he's immediately just trying to walk out the door. And he's asking, like, the security guard, is this open? Like, walks through the audience to get out of there. And Dr. Phil just continues to read the report after he's left. Like, <laughs> you need to stay here and listen to what I found out that you were doing last night, and that's you were drinking. Because he couldn't get him on that. He was drunk right then. Um, yeah, and then, and then, so you're, what you're not seeing in this clip as it continues is you're seeing Nick walk through the hallways and they have cameras pointed in his face. As he's walking through the hallways, you hear Dr. Phil's voice on the loudspeaker. So they're forcing him to, he's trying to get out of the building, still oh, listen God. to Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil talks shit at him. It's crazy. You were at a bar last well, and, night. We're done. I'm not doing this. Sorry, what? Uh, I was going to say the whole, um, you smell like you have alcohol on you. That's a cop thing. That's like, yeah, you could be well, anywhere, and the cops would be like, "I smell alcohol." Okay, not my fault, you know. This it, it's it's a, it's a total authoritarian type thing. I smell alcohol, and then yeah, and then he brings up the guy following him around. Total, total disingenuous. But anyway, yeah. finish up. The, uh... <laughs> and, uh, Thank you, though. Thank you. Is this open? I, I got a report last night. Good for you, Doc. Good for um, you. Nicholas was at a bar in. Santa Monica with his girlfriend Amelia. <laughs> Thank you, though. It's good audio mixing. Which is why I smell alcohol on him this morning. You know, when Nicholas comes out and says, I'm here to shine a light on the interaction between depression and alcohol, that's great if we were looking for a poster boy for awareness about mental illness and alcohol and its interaction Fuck and that this might guy. be great but i don't think nicholas is in a position to be helping others because you can't give away what you don't have um, <laughs> well stated doctor and then okay i'm going to skip this next clip because it'll take us if i play it it'll take this a little bit over three minutes so but i'll just summarize it real quick Dr. Phil is talking to this lady like, well, you were, you were a different episode. Like you were sober and you left the sober living facility. Why'd you do that? Cause now you're getting drunk all the time. And here, look on screen. We have a picture here and it shows you puking last night over the toilet. And it's just a picture of her just looking horrible puking in the toilet. And it's like, Dr. Phil's embarrassing <laughs> this one, right? And then the woman's mom says like, yeah, you really should have gone back, uh, to, um, like a meet your meetings and Dr. Phil looks at the lady's mom and goes, I'll give you a minute to point out what a worthless bitch she is. But for now, you are just being so <laughs> degradating. And it's like, you know, don't you talk about Dr. Phil? You literally have a picture up on screen of her puking 
And all she's yeah. <laughs> saying is that her daughter could go, it's the crate. It's so like, he has no self-awareness. And I forgot to mention on that last <laughs> clip, the guy, the guy, um, that left the screen on, on the back, on the huge screen behind him and Dr. Phil, it says actors out of control. Like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> I, I can't wait till he, Dr. Phil goes, I was at your colonoscopy. I saw everything inside your butthole. <laughs> oh, Why couldn't you fast? <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a, a winner of Survivor. Why do you smell like that marijuana? <laughs> I'm wrapping up my uh, Dr. Phil versus alcoholics uh, segment. Doc, this The winner of Survivor comes on the show for like an intervention with Dr. Phil. And he's so shit faced that they have to have two people carry him out on stage. And then Dr. Phil comes over and helps him get in his chair. And the guy's like crying and it's just awful. But, uh, here's how that goes. Todd, Dr. Phil. Hi, I'm Todd. Oh my God. How are you feeling? (laughs) Can you walk? Poor guy. Can you walk? Barely. Hmm? I have to have help. Sorry, I'm very. That's right. Right. Brandon, why don't you get over there and take Debbie's spot? Yeah, I'll, I'll if go. If you close, you can hear Dr. Phil breathing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm crying because She's perfect. I can't this happening. So. Turn just come turn around. One, okay. two, three. Here we go. One of you guys have nine foot shares. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm okay, because I didn't know this was happening right now. It sounds uh, like you're evil not films. okay. No. You said not. you're okay, but you're not okay. You're not even almost okay. No. Do you know who I am? Yeah, of course <laughs> I know who you are. Um, you are here because I wanted to talk to you because, in my opinion... Um, you're killing yourself, man. This is a breathalyzer. So they give him a breathalyzer, and he blows into it, and Dr. Phil shows it up to the camera, and it's point two eight. And uh That's a lot. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, the guy was saying. And the guy, nice. the, the, Dr. Phil, like, patronizes him during the breathalyzer, like, I'm hoping this is going to be a low number. And it's like, motherfucker, you know it's not going to be a low number. That dude is hammered. That dude is, like, alcohol poisoning <laughs> level. But so later guy, on, is the guy a fat guy or what? I don't know. He skinny, feels like skinny. he's a giant fat guy. Oh, skinny. No, he's okay. like a skinny 20 year old kid. He won Survivor, so he couldn't have been that fat, I don't think. But okay. Um, but anyway, so this is the last, last clip here. Oh, Late, so he's uh, still celebrating. He's still celebrating winning Survivor. Win, yeah. That's all. This is just a long celebration. Uh, a little while afterwards, that guy that was crying on Dr. Phil comes out with some startling ag- ag- uh, accusations and his summary is basically they orchestrated that whole event and got me drunk so that they, it would make for good television. I show up to the studios and I'm sober. I'm hurting a lot and I'm shaking. <laughs> My dad was there and I went and talked to him in his dressing room and I was completely sober. And then they pull me into my dressing room and there was two liters of vodka and like some Red Bulls and orange juice God. and stuff like that. You know, being unsupervised by my parents, I sit here for drink the entire bottle. Um, <laughs> and then at some point, somebody gave me a Xanax. They said, this will calm your oh nerves. And so um, I had been drinking and took a Xanax, which I've never taken Xanax before in my life. And I know that can be a deadly combination. So why it was given to me, I don't know. It's crazy. Wow. They, like, Dr. Who is this so, somebody? 
uh, one of the producers uh, um, or somebody like somebody that worked for Dr. Phil, but it's just crazy that they would just like they're it's not about helping people at all. Obviously, even if that guy's allegations are a lie, it's still like they're making a spectacle out of people. But I believe that, dude, I think I don't I wouldn't put it past them at all to just get this guy who's trying to recover from severe life-threatening alcoholism and they're just like yeah fuck it give him a xanax and put him in there with two big bottles of vodka yeah crazy but uh yeah that's my uh dr phil so all right he's a douchebag he's well, pretty we haven't even gotten to like turnabout ranch and where he sends all those kids to get abused well, <laughs> and he also he created a uh, bad baby who is the yeah. catch me outside girl like he's responsible for that dude his, his uh oh god his his um his response to her accusations was so flippant and crazy. It's like, well, we're Y'all not remember the what... catch me outside girl. <laughs> we're not responsible for what happens to kids at with that ranch after we send it to him. It's like you've been sending kids to that ranch and not letting them leave for ten years. <laughs> now you're like, well, I don't know what's going on over at that ranch. It's not our responsibility. Well, the you know, kids. If your parents are sending you to some sort of ranch because of your behavior, you've probably done something at some point to deserve that. I mean, it's like not the, they're not like being, kids aren't being sent to these places on a vacuum. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, any of these places where they try to, cause, and there's a problem with kids, but I think it's from when they're raised at an early age, they're enabled, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm an enabling, I'm an enabling, I'm an enabling. And then they grow up to be like giant children and that's what you get. You know, now I will say we but, are over time, so we should uh, set aside deliberations so we can go ahead and get the polls open, get some phone lines going. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then we can banter. Let's do it. Boom. Polls right. are live. 865 Who do I vote for? Hmm. It's Jack Dorsey versus Dr. Phil. Well, Jack Dorsey's giving me a massage, asking me for my secrets. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open I'll those, give you my secrets, those Jack. chakras up. And Dr. Bill's following me around, <laughs> wants to look at my poop. You're ugly, you're disgusting, I'm gonna kill you, give me $200. Give me $200. Give me 200 Jack, I wanna go into your isolation chamber with you. I wanna see you isolate yourself. Why do you isolate yourself, Jack? You want a piece of me, bitch? <laughs> I don't care if you're worth five, ten, a hundred billion dollars. I don't think you should isolate yourself. Bullshit. <laughs> there's obviously going to be better clips with Doctor Phil because there's more of them out there. Doctor Phil, <laughs> I, I got some. I, I, Doctor Phil was an ISO gold. I can't model. believe what you just said. <laughs> He's got a good Jack, voice. Jack, I want you to reach inside yourself right now. Why are you yelling? <laughs> Craig. <laughs> We're going to open the phone lines. Are the phone lines open? The phone lines are open. Let's open it up. 865-6271. Let's I don't want to take dude. calls. I'm going to go to your phone calls after I play these clips. I appreciate everybody calling in today. I just start getting so pissed at these people. <laughs> that's a That's a recent clip, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in the last couple of months. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's been getting he's getting pretty pretty annoyed at the. Uh, there's some class. I mean, I I can just go through all my. I, so somebody calls it about calls. QAnon. It's like, oh, <laughs> he just goes off for like 20 minutes on QAnon. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it when the when like he's getting so tired of people calling him in about Zionism and Jews. He's like, oh, give me a break. 
<laughs> no more, please. Uh, I got your phone calls. Here we go. Ooh, it's close. This is a close vote. It's Hello, anybody's caller? race with two minutes. Oh my left. god, it makes me so angry. We're gonna go to break. Come back with your calls. Gosh. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. How you doing, caller? Hello. I like Doctor Phil's mantra of uh, "You're not listening. What you got to do is listen." You need to listen to me. Over and over now again. listen, man. If you don't eat the whole bowl listening. of mashed potatoes, look, then everybody I knows that you're you. bringing nothing to the potluck. Like it's just like gobbledygook. <laughs> <laughs> I had Dick Masterson on, and he was the guy that came on as the misogynist that was like women are stupid or whatever. And Doctor Phil's like, I don't think you've learned anything here today, bud. <laughs> yeah, because he's just giving people mad libs of country bumpkin horse shit. <laughs> If the glove doesn't fit, you must have quit using alcohol. What you got to do? Oh shit! Sorry. Saturday night. How are you going to get your car an oil change if you don't have a dipstick, there, genius? <laughs> Saturday Night Live did a uh, a sketch we, where, like back when he was, because he got his start on Oprah. Doctor Phil did, and they did a sketch back around then, and Will Ferrell played Doctor Phil, and it was just. He would just say the like nonsensical stuff the whole time. It's like a fixing a broken marriage, and uh, he'd be like. Well, if you only got two turkey legs but three hands, you ain't going to be able to eat all of it in one day. <laughs> and then Oprah would be like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's right, Dr. Phil. <laughs> I just want my marriage fixed. God. And what the, you said he, they planted alcohol in the guy's, or they put alcohol in the guy's room? Or yeah. in his, like, the green room? He was room there about having, like, struggling with alcoholism. Like, fucking put two liters, two <laughs> bottles, <laughs> two <laughs> liters of alcohol. I mean, Red that's a lot of fucking juice. vodka. That was a yeah. test. We were testing you. We wanted to make sure yeah. you didn't want that alcohol. And they separated from his parents. <laughs> yeah. We are tied. Busy. with 34 people and 45 seconds left. It's a tie. Who's oh, going to no. break the tie? Oh, no. Who out there will break the tie? A tie? Really? Doctor Phil? It's a tie. 50-50. Well. No, but it's not over another... here. Yeah, 30 seconds yeah, we got out, 34 everybody. seconds left. We... Uh-oh, you know what that means. <laughs> so, uh... Sudden death. Caller, you were saying... Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, You were saying, uh, you're going... You're voting for Dr. Phil, or you just like Dr. Phil the way he talks? I just... Well, I think he seems like... To me, it seems like he's the bigger douchebag of the two. I think I agree, but I picked him, so I'm a little biased. And I think that's more from history that I know of him with this, like you say, with the, it was always like the man's fault whenever it was like a marriage thing. It was always like, you're not listening to her, you know, you gotta listen to her. You want a piece of me, bitch? All right, polls are closed. <laughs> Total right, caller, anything yeah. else? Caller, who do you nope. think won? Caller, Caller, are you okay? Caller, to call her down. Yeah, yep. Call her down, call her down. <laughs> and his head is gone. Yeah, brother, I really want to hear what you have to say, but it's weird. Like, it's like you're moving the phone away or putting it into your shirt or something. <laughs> uh, we got a winner though. Somebody came in at the last minute. Survey says. With, oh, uh, 51% of the vote, we got 35 people turning out for this one. It's Jack Dorsey just by the nip of what? his hair. Yeah, dude. Oh, you know, no, hey, you know what? I just went, oh, no, that's 11 people. That's an older one. Okay. Bullshit. Yeah. Jack Dorsey pulled it out. I'm going to have to present the rest of my Jack Dorsey close as Dr. Phil in his honor. 
It's such a close <laughs> round. Such a tight round. Up next, we got this clip about Jack. I'll tell you, it's a real doozy. I think that's pretty douchey, but hey, whatever. If you got a body like that, I'd fucking tweet it out every day. Ethan. That's, that's great. It's that tweet and douche in the same clip. That's amazing. Send me that one. Hold, oh, you already did. I did. Okay. Come on, Ethan. Come on. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, let's give him the uh, let's give him the championship. Douchebag. Doctor Phil just couldn't make it. Man, that's crazy. I thought I was for. Sh- I thought I had a real winner on my hands with Doctor Phil. All right. Uh, well, you know, it's close. not about winning or losing. You know, it's about. It's about how you morning. eat the pie. <laughs> the you put a pie this. by your windowsill, but you microwave the mac and cheese. You can only do three things at one time. Otherwise, you All need right. more hands. <laughs> okay. Oh God. Okay. All right. I'm. Wow. Okay. So I'm, the so uh, I have so many good. Okay. So many good options. <laughs> it's gonna be Dr. Jill what? Biden versus Jack Dorsey. <laughs> Very cool. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, baby. Mm. Yeah, um, baby. Do you guys know about <laughs> bum fights? <laughs> yes. Who wants to know? <laughs> well, Doctor Phil has. Do you have I'll a contender? The, I'll put the clip in. <laughs> I'll put the clip in post. But Doctor Phil has the bum fights guy on. The bum fights guy did the same thing Dick Masterson did when he came on. He dresses like he grows his mustache out like Doctor Phil and shaves his head to look like Doctor <laughs> Phil's hair. <laughs> and. uh Dr. Phil's like, I have to warn you, this next footage is going to be super disturbing. So if you have any children, get them out of the room. And he plays the promo for bum fights, like with home, pulling Tomo's guy's teeth out and eating raw frogs and head diving into walls. And halfway through, the guy's already sitting there, the creator of bum fights, dressed like Dr. Phil with the hair. And halfway through the clip, Dr. Phil's like, cut this off. This is, this is just awful. And it has like a phony, like, you know, like when you change a channel, like, like static. Right when he's like, right before he says cut it off there, it's, they already have it, the effect in there to cut it off. So it was obviously scripted that Dr. Phil was going to say cut it off, but he acts like uh, all self-righteous. Like, Oh, God. this was, this is just terrible. This is like the, this is just the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm not going to dignify this man being here because I respect the odd, my audience and I do, and I have no re, like I have no, I don't want to publicize this man's egregious content. It's like just bullshit, but he, <laughs> then the guy's like, I'm not done the talking to you, man. weirdest ever. Yeah, they're, the, his security's escorting the bum fights guy off stage, who's, like I said, dressed and shaved his hair to look like Dr. Phil, and he's like, you think you what you do exploiting people and, and put, making them a spectacle is anything different than what I do, Dr. Phil? And Dr. Phil's like, yeah, keep doing yourself that bud while the security's escorting him out. And the guy's like, I'm not done talking to you. Dr. Phil goes, yes, you are. And he goes, no, I'm not. Dr. Phil's like, yes, you are. And they do that back and forth like four more times. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. <laughs> it's like the stupidest. <laughs> but uh, since I'm only going to play one on the way, I had to describe that one because it's so good. But all that and a bunch of more Dr. Phil will be in, in post. But uh, here's my play out clip for Dr. Phil. He's um, this lady's saying that her 550 something pound sister is actually healthier than she is. And she's skinny. And Dr. Phil's like, no, she's not. And he's right about this. But um, she's like. Yeah, she actually eats like fruit and vegetables. And so Dr. Phil goes, really? Cause we talked to her yesterday and this is what she said she ate yesterday. He's healthier than you. Then you need to stay here when she leaves. Cause we're going to put you in the insane asylum. 7 a.m., four or five donuts while she's cooking breakfast. What did she have for breakfast? A seven egg omelet with a cup and a half of cheese. 
She put a full <laughs> bell pepper, a full onion, and a full package of ham in it. Then she ham. ate four or five <laughs> potatoes that she made into hash browns with another full <laughs> pepper and onion. And that held her for 45 minutes, which is probably what it took to eat it. And then she had four corn dogs dipped in nacho cheese and a full-size bag of potato chips. And you're right, she had a couple of strawberries. You got to get that <laughs> fruit in there, right? Mm -hmm. And that held her till 11 o'clock. Now she had three sandwiches with ham, cheese, mayo, tomato, cucumber, avocados, croutons, and bacon music. bits, and ranch dressing. And she said, this is where I get my vegetables. So she had tomatoes and avocados smeared in mayonnaise with croutons and bacon bits. Hashtag now we get to lunch. She has understand. a large pepperoni pizza. Then at one o'clock, she has snack number three, two bowls of ice cream with caramel and whipped cream. And ice cream. And then she has a hand-sized bag of M&Ms. Then at two, she had two bacon cheeseburgers, a box of mac and cheese, and three bananas. At three o'clock, she had six avocados made into guacamole and a full-size bag of tortilla chips. For dinner, she had 10 fish tacos with rice and beans. <laughs> then she had a whole box of honey buns. Hot pockets. A whole box of hot pocket-loaded potatoes. Then at 10, a bag of pepperoni. And along the way, she drank a gallon of sweet a tea bag and of six pepperoni. candy bars. Hot pockets. I didn't know you could get a bag of pepperoni. <laughs> The only reason I really wanted to play that clip is because Dr. Phil said hot pockets and honey buns right hot next pockets. to each other. Hot <laughs> honey, honey buns. buns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's it for Dr. Phil. I've never Maybe seen anyone say avocado the way he says <laughs> avocado. Ava, Ava, oh, I can't even do it. got to get that fruit that. in there, right? <laughs> Oh God, oh my God. You're ugly. How do you pay you your rent? Disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me two hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, brilliant. We uh, actually, you know what? I don't think we got that full food. I got a yeah, rewind that, button, that, no, and we that. can damn sure play it back. No, I like <laughs> the bag of All right. Uh, shit. That was fun. Okay. Now where are we at? Uh, God, that takes us on to, uh, round three, which is going to be Stephen King facing off against Chris Cuomo. Already got the coin Ooh. sauce in. Ooh. <sighs> Looks like I'm up. I got Chris Cuomo. You motherfuckers ready for this? You know, I am a Cuomo-sexual. <laughs> the Irish man. Don't think I forgot that song you played, Boober. So I want to first off uh, say thank you to whoever set up uh, bingit.io and the uh, no agenda search that it leads off to. Uh, using that, I was able to dig back through the archives, and I found a rather poignant clip from Chris Cuomo himself on a podcast where he he kind of really opens up with some human feelings that we all can empathize with and understand this is things that happen to us day in and day out. Surely we've all heard of quiet quitting, right? And uh, this is what Chris Cuomo uh, had to say about his job. Because I don't want to spend my time doing things that I don't think va are valuable enough to me personally. Like what? 
Well, I don't like what I do professionally. I've decided. Um, <laughs> I like doing this show. I like mm. talking to you guys. But I don't value indulging irrationality, hyperpartisanship. I don't think it's worth my time. And I don't want some jackass, loser, fat tire biker um, to be able to pull over uh, and get in my face and in my space and talk bullshit to me. Bullshit. I don't want to hear it. And just like you would, right? You, you're not going to tolerate that, right? Some cat just basically pulls up in the driveway next to yours and starts getting in your face about stuff. How, how's that going to go? How's that going to go? Right? That matters to me more than making millions of dollars a year. That matters to me more. Why? Because I've saved my money. And where are we now? First of all, that's a cheap shot. I don't believe in this. Obviously, I'll never be objective. Hello and welcome to the Chris Cuomo Project. I have to say, thank you <laughs> once again. This is only growing as proof of concept because of you. You're spreading the word. Please continue to do so. Each one help one, right? My free agent brothers and sisters. And that's what this is about. People with open hearts, open minds, willing to listen. Maybe if you disagree with somebody, maybe they have it wrong. Maybe you do. That's what the project is all about. So keep subscribing, spreading the word. The growth is what we're all about. And I appreciate you for that. The free agent merch, it's moving well, but I want more because I want to get this group of money together that we collectively can figure out who deserves it, who to give it to. All right. So free agent merch, you'll see the link. I like money. You can go to chriscuomo.com and get it there. We're also starting to bank uh, the other episodes of the podcast there. And that's that. Once we start in the fall at News Nation, then we're going to have another outlet to expand and start discussing what matters in the news with that cable outlet and really have a home for free agents where you don't have to worry about type or tribe or party, you know, kind of corrupting the entire discussion. That's what the Chris Cuomo project is all about. And today we're getting lucky again. We've got Alec Baldwin as the guest. Oh, now <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Eric, the Baldwin. Eric Baldwin. The, the, the amount of, the icon of nonpartisanship. Alec Baldwin, yeah. do you think that this is going to be a super exciting episode? Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> why do I think Chris Cuomo's a douchebag? Because now he's just another schmuck like the rest of us <laughs> with a podcast and an RSS feed. <laughs> Down in the mud with all of us other plebs. <laughs> I actually, uh, here's a, here's a, here's a trailer for the, uh, for this First episode of the uh, Chris Cuomo podcast. You say you never pulled the trigger, but the gun went off. Right. You do the ABC interview. Right. And it was kind of left there. That will right. not make sense to people. Right. If a bullet comes out of a gun, they say, well, then someone yep. fired it and it was in your hand. <laughs> Hang on a second. Was that really out of ball going right? <laughs> right. Because if that's the case, I would be, I'm going to lose it. Right. It is. That's, <laughs> I only put uh, two of the four rights in there. Two of them okay. <laughs> in the actual right. clip. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I'll never be objective. I don't believe in rules. We're getting oh lucky God, again. <laughs> I also got this uh, fun right. little hit. 
I like okay, that. Okay, that's I'm... high. That's snazzy. So yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Chris Cuomo is uh, on News Nation now. He's uh, he actually has a uh, a defense for himself uh, that went a little something like this. Let's start with the issue of I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. You did, right? No, I never contacted any media who were covering my brother to try to affect their coverage. Well, for, I talk to people in the media right. all the time. But, but, you know, but they're you, most but, of the people in my life. But you said I never made calls to the press about my brother's situation. You did make calls to the press about your brother's situation. But I think the distinction, the distinction has a meaningful difference. The concern would be not that I called you and said, uh, you know, what do you think's going on here? It's me calling you and saying, hey, tonight in right. your segment, I hope you remember that's that. That's different. That is different. But, but that's but- what I meant. And that's what matters. That's what matters, folks. <laughs> Why are letting me that distinction? Uh, so, yes, I, uh, that's all I have uh, for this first round. Uh, I hope you will take what uh, I have presented into consideration for Chris Cuomo for <laughs> your douchebag. <laughs> uh, that's uh, Stephen King. Fredo. Fredo. Oh, Stephen King. <laughs> I have a couple of Stephen King ISOs I pulled. I've managed to get my two vaccinations. Yay me! <laughs> yay me! <laughs> yeah, the yay me thing. Yay me! <laughs> you tell he's on a Zoom call there. Uh, and then here's my other Stephen King ISO. I when I think about Trump, I think about the Superman comics I read when I was a kid. Out of context. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Trump's Superman, but no, he does not like Trump at he's all. Lex Luthor is what he ends up saying. Yeah, he's... Sure. Yeah, it was, it was the, um, there's Bizarro world, and so we had Obama, and that's the regular world, and then Trump's Bizarro president. Something like that. Mm. Uh, it's like the inverse to duality of the nature of the universe, alternate. Meta. The antimatter man on Lost in Space, if you ever saw that. Okay. Ba 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 ba. Stephen King. Um, I really don't even think this need warrants much, uh, set up. I think we'll just play this uh, first clip here. Um, right. You've written over 60 novels, <laughs> but you're also really prolific on Twitter. People love, I follow you on Twitter. People really enjoy your Twitter Twitter feed. You've been particularly eloquent lately about Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. Is there a chance that in the near future we might see a Florida governor as a villain? Uh, <laughs> Let me just show you some fun uh, stuff I found on Twitter. <laughs> Well, that's, that's, that's entirely possible. You know, the thing is, like, uh, Ron DeSantis is probably not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Uh, not the brightest bulb in the <laughs> chandelier. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say so. Not a mastermind. Um, you know, he's got that deer in the headlights look somehow. And, uh, so, uh. <laughs> deer in the headlights. Deer in the headlights, hoping that's two motorcycles that are going to go right by him. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, uh, okay. Let me let there. me pause the, you there for the, a second. No. Wow. Deer in the headlight, yeah. meet snowblind. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, he does live in Maine. All right. Um, King, uh, yes, more DeSantis. This one is on the view. And uh, just keep in mind that line that Stephen King used about DeSantis. Not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Welcome back. The one, the only, 
Stephen King. Joy has the first question. Oh, Joy Behar. So great to have you here, Mr. King. Yeah. I just Thank think you. you're just brilliant. And we know that you are a great writer and a great student of human nature. Um, a year and a half after this uh, COVID crisis began in this country, we're still seeing people spread misinformation, right. anti-vaxxers <laughs> dissuading people from getting the you shot. You a piece of me, I'm bitch? I'm sure that you've been observing all of this because I follow you on Twitter, so I know you are. What do you make of all this heinous behavior? Heinous. Well, you know, <laughs> I live in Florida half the year, and... Uh, after observation of uh, Ron DeSantis, I can say, how can I put this? He's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. <laughs> okay, oh, this my is God. After, this is after Colbert. Stephen King goes on the view and he goes, mm, how can I put this? I haven't thought about this before. I just say the same line on every talk show. I can say, how can I put this? He's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. And uh, he's got this idea that... Uh, Freedom um, is a personal thing, and it's okay not to wear a mask, and uh, he can order kids in schools not to wear masks if he wants to. And uh, Yeah, so, you got to do this. Guy. Duh. I like how it ends on duh. Duh. But that's Stephen King right there in a nutshell. Duh. All right, last uh, – here's just a little quick bonus clip on the uh, – and then I'll be done. Um this is still from the view right here. He, Stephen King tries to tell a joke about misinformation when he's talking to Joy Behar, and uh, nobody seems to really get the joke Stephen King's making. Megan McCain especially does not get the joke when he's talking about the misinformation online. You know, Bill Gates is tracking every move that you make because there are little sensors in your tires of your cars, and the only way that you can stop that from happening is if you cut off the antenna on each tire. <laughs> that would be the uh <laughs> that's a that's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. It took him like a full five seconds of silence before they even made a noise at Oh Good one, right. Stephen. <laughs> okay, that's Stephen King, everybody. Douchebag. Damn, should we uh, uh should we light this up then? I can't it. believe yeah, what I you just said. Here we go. Fire Pol up them polls. Polls are live. You got five Yay minutes. Me. Stephen King versus there Chris Cuomo. Yay me. <laughs> um, about 10 years ago, uh, Shooter Jennings made a, a concept album. This is Stephen King aside. And, uh, he did a really cool concept album, um, which was kind of like Pink Floyd mixed with Radiohead. It was really, I thought it was a really great album, but Stephen King does neat. all the, uh, interludes in between and he plays, a disc jockey who is broadcasting his last night radio stations getting shut down. And at the end, I'll go ahead and spoil it. The uh, cops break in and shoot him. And you're thinking, you know, while you're listening to this, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And I guess Stephen King wrote the parts and it's about, you know, a tyrannical government taking over. And, but Stephen King doesn't see the tyrannical government taking over right in front of him because it's the Biden yeah. administration. So he chooses not to see that. Right. Um, but it's it's pretty interesting. Like he knows what's going on. He knows, but he wants to be part of the tyrannical government because he yeah, because he's he not a dumb he's guy. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's that other novel cell that I thought had some pretty interesting themes in it as far as people kind of getting overtaken by a mental virus broadcasted through their yeah. their uh, 
There were cell phones uh, and whatnot. It was about 5G before 4G existed. <clears throat> That's a great book. That's I just saw favorites. something interesting on No Agenda Social about lead paint. That lead paint, uh, you know, the lead in the paint would stop RF frequencies from coming into your home. Interesting, huh? Hmm. So they took that out. One good thing lead was for. Lead paint was for. That sucks. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, the phone line's working. Yeah, sorry. I uh, (laughs) I I thought I hit do not disturb off, and I did not turn it off. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! Please disturb. I was definitely disturbed. (laughs) What an overrated, horrible band. Uh, (laughs) I had to call in to put the. Put the rumors to rest. Uh, I I am not Booberry Moth fan. Yeah, I, I think we started those rumors like two years ago on a New Year's Eve stream or something. That man is not. There me. are Canadians DMing me on Nas, being like, "You're so funny on the stream right now." <laughs> I'm like, those aren't even my jokes. Those aren't my clips, bro. Sir Booberry yeah. Black Man. <laughs> I knew I knew you were gonna clip that one. God, black man of the night, moth night. Blueberry black man of the moth night. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. dude! Uh, Collar, who do you we think is gonna take away with the with the biggest douche for this round? Ah, uh, this is a tougher one for me. I've got less emotion about it, you know. Uh, I was really feeling Doctor Phil last round, you know. I was really feeling him, but uh, he couldn't do it. Well, it was so close. It was close, it man. That no. was one percent no. away. That's pretty close. I don't have all the, I don't have all the sock account, sock puppet accounts like these other guys got. You know, I'm just, right. Just, uh, well, I'm only voting eight times. Is that allowed? <laughs> well, I can tell you that's what Jack Dorsey won just from pots. <laughs> Ballot printer go burn. Yeah, there you go, man. Be, uh, <laughs> this is better than that. No, I think Cuomo has the edge in this one. I think he has a slight edge. Uh. But they're both pretty big douches, so, you know, may the biggest douche win. Mm. Yeah, the, the problem I was having with Stephen King is, like, it's really his Twitter that makes him so douchey. Like, the clips, I, I looked far and wide, and he's generally doesn't really, outside of when he's on Colbert, The View, he doesn't really talk about politics that much. Yeah, he's hard to clip, Twitter but if you thing. read the tweets in the Stephen King voice, that's when they really hit home. Oh, my God. It's like I reading Rob Reiner's tweets. We are Twitter is insane. one minute out, everybody. Like, one minute out. He'll get... Get busted, aside from his voice alone, aside from his voice alone, I don't think he's topped his uh, peak douchiness of in uh, when he killed John Lennon in 1980. Yeah. Probably the douchiest thing he's ever done. <laughs> Kill John Lennon. He goes a real jerk. <laughs> so you're uh, you're yeah. predicting a Cuomo the victory then? I think so. I think Cuomo will have an edge. You know, I, I like that he's you know breaking new ground with a. Uh, a little podcast thing that he's he's doing. He's, he's doing what, a, what did he say? We should try and onboard him to uh, get him onto yeah. a nude podcast app. Everybody, <laughs> go stream some sets to Chris Cuomo. Boobs, you are relentless with the onboarding, dude. I gotta take my hat off to you. <laughs> no matter how much retardation you encounter, you just keep on. My ignorance uh, and will knows no bounds. Cuomo <laughs> seems like he's doing the what. Um, He's got the same return arc as Bill O'Reilly. Oh, God. Well, that's, uh, like yeah. A... He's like, I don't know. I'm trying this new thing. I don't know if it'll work. Podcasting. No one's ever done it before, yeah. but... Uh... <laughs> well From my out, COVID right? basement. That's but it. But that new, new shit. 
Polls are closed. All right. Uh oh. With 59% Five, of the vote. Four, three, two, one. Final results. All right. Thanks for calling in, Booberry. We're going to let you go. Ah. <laughs> all right. All right. 32 people voting. It's 59% Chris Cuomo to Stephen King's 41%. Shit. Damn. Shit. Damn. That mean you're That's out totally? Out, are you dude. out out? That means I'm <clears throat> I'm out. Yeah, cuz both my guys. Um douched. <laughs> yeah, so but let's uh Cuomo, you know, Give Cuomo uh, what he came here for, the crown. Or not the crown, but, you know. All right. <clears throat> Let's play I got Stephen King. I got to play a little something out for Stephen King here, maybe. It'd probably be good. Let's see. Uh, God. I'm just going to do a shorty because the other ones are longer, and I don't think Stephen King's worth it. It's not a shorty, but it's not three minutes. This is a minute and 20 on... uh more of from Colbert. I'm uh, sitting at home most of the time, and when I go out to the grocery store, I wear my little mask. Um, <laughs> and when I come home, I wash my hands because I can imagine. Imagination is a terrible thing sometimes when it turns against yourself. I can imagine germs as big as wagon wheels on my hands and crawling up my arms and into my face. Well, what do you make of the current horror story that we're in and, and one of the central characters, which is our, our president? Well, you know, the, the thing about drinking bleach just kind of bowled me over. And, uh, people have been telling me for years, you know, that I sort of foresaw Donald Trump. I wrote a book called The Dead Zone and, uh, there was a character in there, kind of a, uh, TV comedian type guy, uh, who, who appealed to the common people and, and, uh, told everybody that, uh, he was going to solve the pollution problem and the problem of garbage. He was going to shoot it all into outer space. And then he would hand out hot dogs and he'd say, you're going to say hot dog when you elect Greg Stilson president. And really shooting, uh, d- garbage into outer space compares pretty favorably to ejecting bleach into the human body, I think. So he's, he's told that Greg Stilson story about from the dead zone. The like, it's like, Oh yeah. People keep telling me that I predicted Trump with my Greg Stilson character on the dead zone. He tells that story. I saw, I must've seen him tell that, see that same pitch about how he predicted Trump by in the dead zone with Greg Stilson. I must've seen that him tell that story 10 times and three of those times were on different appearances on Colbert. That story is the brightest bulb in the chandelier. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Well, if you can't King. see the light, then it's not there. Ugh. Press us to spit. <laughs> now you just need to yeah, find a Dr. Phil. About how... You need to find a Dr. Phil ISO of him saying, drink the bleach, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Wow! Incredible! <laughs> All right, that's um. Now we got our last matchup of uh, round, round one. one. This Final is round, round, of round one. Choose your fighter. This is Jared Leto 
facing off against Brian Stelter. And uh, Rob, you're up with Brian. He wins the coin toss. All right. All right. So um, let's go with... Um... Let's do Stelter FS opening. This is his final show. Brian Stelter, of course, was the host of Reliable Sources for nine years, and uh, we've enjoyed uh, watching him and stealing his clips and making fun of him. And so uh, I guess they finally got tired of the the bullet. He was like fourth-level, basement-level you know, ratings, I think. Uh, reruns of, of Sweating to the Oldies were doing better. And, I do, um, <laughs> I, I do real quick have a, I just remembered this. I have, where is it? Okay. I have a t- recent tweet from Stephen King. Oh, pl- um, read it. If you, if you want to know what, um, what his, uh, Stelter's audience was, you can read this real quick. <laughs> this is a tweet from Stephen King, August 18th. The one show on CNN I never missed was Reliable Sources with Brian Stelter. It has been an invaluable window into how the media covers itself. Today, CNN canceled it. So there you go. And why isn't there laughing emojis after that? <laughs> but, <laughs> but there isn't. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, this is his opening to the final show. Stelter, uh, Stelter FS opening. All right. Hey, I am Brian Stelter. Hey. I am live in New York. And this is Still Reliable Sources. All right. Here we go. One of the biggest media stories of the week is right here. It's the end of this show. CNN has canceled Reliable Sources. Yes, the longest-running program on the network. NPR's David Folkenflik broke the news on Thursday. And I have a lot of thoughts about it, but I'm going to save those for later this hour. As most of you know, CNN has a new owner. Warner Brothers Discovery is making big changes across the company. And there's going to be more change all across the company, including here at CNN. And I'm sad that I won't be here to cover it. But since this is our final episode, we're going to do something a little bit differently today. This entire hour, it's a special hour, and it's about change. It's about change all across the media world. What's changing? What might change? And what must never change about the accountability function of journalism? You know, I love this show. This small but mighty show plunged above its weight for so many years. Even a former president commented on the cancellation. Reliable Sources has been a one-of-a-kind show and a popular show. This is one of CNN's highest-rated weekend shows. So I want to say thank you to all of you watching around the world. I was lucky to be a part of it for nine years, but it began 30 years ago, right after the Gulf War. So here's what the iconic former CNN CEO Tom Johnson said on Facebook when he heard the show was canceled. He said about the show's origins, it was founded by Ted Turner and leaders of CNN who felt very deeply that media organizations have a responsibility to report and to evaluate the journalism profession itself. That was the idea. It was a great idea. It is a great idea. And I know many of you are just like Johnson. You're going to miss this show. I want to say thank you to the thousands and thousands and thousands of emails and tweets that I've been receiving this week. I'm going to share them with the staff because they are the ones that have made this possible. What prompted you to, you know, to tweet that? The thing about TV is that it's ephemeral, right? It's fleeting. <laughs> it evaporates up into the air, and a lot of it is not even meant to be. A lot of it's not even meant to be remembered. But this program transcended that. It's a part of journalism school curriculum. Teachers across the country <laughs> and in other countries outside the U.S. Teachers use segments from this show all the time in classrooms, in lessons, Yay, guiding me. and teaching the next generation. 
That's very You know, upsetting. founding host Bernard Kalb and founding executive producer Rick Davis said this program was meant to be a critical lens on the media. Such a special phrase, a critical lens on the media. And this week, thanks to CNN management, we've been given the gift of signing off on our own terms and actually talking about the media industry. <laughs> a quality oh my human. God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you want to do one more? He, very full of himself. Yeah, we'll just do one more. Um, this, I think, really seals his douchebaggery. Uh, this is uh, why he fired his nanny. Stelter firing <laughs> nanny. Oh, my God. The longest serving nanny in the history of his household. Sad. <laughs> you know, that me and my wife both work full time. We both make enough money to have a nanny during the day in New York. And, uh, and our nanny refuses to get vaccinated. And so we are parting ways with her. And it was very, very sad that we thought, we thought after six months of seeing the vaccines are all good and everybody's fine that she would come around. Let's fucking go, <laughs> dude. Wow. That's like, that's a, that's a seventh seal sort of, uh, wrapping up of a douchebag. Like he's, he's rubber stamping it with a satanic symbol. Just locking it all in. I, mean, I don't know how you get any more douchebag than that. And I was going to save that one, but you know, I lost the last one, so I, I want to go out and make sure. Uh, firing, we take, we take Stelter into the second round. Firing the nanny uh, over the vaccine. And I believe all these clips were from the classic uh, Brian Stelter facial comparison of, to Jared Fogle. I mean, look at that face. I mean, look at him. God. <laughs> God. And then, and then when Brian Stelter are, and Oliver Darcy are on screen, I, I would literally not be able to finish my dinner if some, if somebody walked over and talked to me that looked like these two guys. Now that was actually uh, Stelter and uh, Michael Wolf, author Michael Wolf, who, he had, oh, who okay. also looks. And, and the picture they show is a very creepy picture of this guy. <laughs> He's got these. I don't know. It looks like there's fangs hiding behind those lips. It's very. Ugh. Uh, but I actually have a version of that with some bet with some music added to it. Um, but we'll play that later. Um, Everybody knows that that. Any, I mean, so uh, that that's really. I don't have much. I mean, Stelter kind of um, speaks for himself. Um, with Ted I Turner's think. hand up his ass. Yeah, Ted Turner speaks for yeah. Brian Stelter's self. Yeah, that old wrinkly hand. I will definitely make you does. My I mean, he's just a creepy dude. He wants to control, you know, obviously control the narrative, control everything. And, um, you know, just the way he spewed misinformation for years and he, and he finally got what, what was coming to him. And, and one way it's sad that we're not going to have Brian Stelter clips in the future right. to make fun of, although they say he's going to start his own podcast, which should be even better because yeah, he's going to have be- less oversight of on his opinions. And I think he's going to go more, you know, more tyrannical leftist than ever mm-hmm. before um but you know he's just he's just a horrible human and he deserved that network cnn and and him were made for each other especially Mesh the way cnn uh kind of turned into what from what they started as to what they've become so and he looks uh, like much the clown had a baby with jared fogel yeah and and you know what's what's creepy is when you watch these clips and especially the one with michael wolf he's talking to him and after he says something, he does this big smile, like, hey, you know, it's definitely like an it the clown smile. And he just asks a question and then does a big smile. It's like, okay, now I smile. Hey. And it's like, this guy's disgusting. 
Who's, who does this in an interview? He's freaky. You know, you're trying to get information from the guy, and then Michael Wolf starts fucking with him, saying you're part of the problem and all that, which is great. But, but the whole – That's a classic. And he laughs at it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'll see you in four years. We'll do it again in four years, you know, just trying to – and he's the one getting getting schmegmed. And, uh, and I do think it's important to point so. out, you picked uh, Stelter as your douche for the show like a month before he even got fired. So he got fired. Very, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, timely. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I could, I could feel it. Well, it's when you asked me to be on, I'm like, well, who would I pick? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, Brian's, I, and I went back and looked. So I went, Stelter? If you had, nobody's picked Brian Stelter. Cause he is surely, and now we have another, you know, a former CNN guy, uh, Chris Cuomo as well. So they're chopping the first... heads off, which is good. Yeah. We yeah. have, uh, two CNN correspondents and two, uh, two doctors. How crazy is that? Yeah. <laughs> right. Two fake doctors. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> uh all right. Well, uh Rob, does that uh so does that I wrap think, you yeah, up? Yeah, I think I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that wraps me for round one. I mean you can't go any worse than firing the nanny over the vaccine. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> what turns me on? Yeah, what does turn you on? I would like to answer that by asking a question. What doesn't turn me on? Jared Leto, lead singer of the band Thirty Seconds to Mars, uh known method actor. He won a Oscar for best supporting role in the movie Dallas Buyers Club, the uh, famed movie that doesn't quite outright name Fauci, from what I understand, uh, for his role in the AIDS crisis. I haven't seen it. Um, but, uh, Jared is known to go deep, deep into character when, uh, he comes out on stage or is behind the camera. Uh, it's all about that method acting, you know, he wants to get into that character. He wants to become that entity. And, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. Some people are into it. Some people are not into it. Uh, it's, I, I suppose it's appropriate for a time and a place. Um, but what I can't help but wonder is, is Jared Leto method acting here when he's, uh, on stage with his band 30 Seconds to Mars? Does anybody want to get really, really, really fucking crazy? I gotta say, this is one of the best crowds we've ever seen down here on the floor. But I want you people to get a little nuts with us, okay? Are you ready up there? On the count of three, we're gonna jump and we're gonna jump high. Let me see what you got. One, two, one, two, three, jump! Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Hey, buddy. Hey, yo, you, with your fingers in your chin beard, what are you sitting on your fucking ass for? Huh? This is the 30 Seconds to Mars show, okay? If you can stand up, you better be up off your fucking ass right now, you hear me? He's in a wheelchair. Does he understand what I'm saying to him right now? He's also deaf, dumb, and mute. <laughs> no, don't look behind you, I'm looking and at you. And a woman. Yes, you. Yes, you. Oh, thank you very much. Are you ready? Find that man after Bruh. the show and kill him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> You're on my list now, buddy. Security. Were you serious? Was that guy deaf or something? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, it didn't, uh, it didn't zoom in on the guy all that much. <laughs> um, Dude, what a douche. Either way, that's like so stupid. Yeah. You know, come and come and take it to go to a show. Person that's not yell at you. From, uh, from the entertainment background, uh, it, it, it's just nothing but cringe inducing when somebody actively stops a show to, uh, from their mighty mountaintop that is the stage, just to point down and just, uh, highlight a specific individual in this fashion is just, yeah. It was the, like, it, it was it, the it, same thing during that fucking Shine Down concert, uh, that, that's, uh, that I was working a couple of, uh, months ago. Just so like, just so over the over the top indulgent in in smelling your own farts, mm-hmm. and uh, my farts they roll downhill, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I want to see a doctor about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, actually, sorry, what'd you cut? What were we gonna say? No, I was just gonna say like the only what the only reason it's ever acceptable to call somebody out is if like they're actively disrupting the show. Someone sitting down instead of standing up and jumping is not disrupting or or harming the show. It's not like somebody you know, yeah, standing you know, up and being fucking, like a drunk yelling asshole during a comedy show. It's totally different. Laser pointers, like yeah, you know that shit. I get you know. I, actually, there's a really funny one of uh, Paul Stanley. <laughs> Uh, during a Kiss concert, and he gets all like huffy about the laser pointer. He's like pointing down over the top of his nose, <laughs> and refuses to <laughs> continue with the show. It's really good. Um, but I actually have another instance here of an onstage interaction with uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars. And what Jared is about to do is call this cell phone number in the middle of the show to uh, find the winner uh, to some contest. I don't remember specifically what the contest was for, but I'm assuming that it was some uh some form of meet and greet. He likes getting really familiar with the fans, according to his own admissions on the Ellen show. Um and of course there's also the uh the Mars Island, the uh the three day retreat that you can purchase tickets to and uh it's somewhere in Croatia and you'll spend the weekend with the band uh all exclusive uh no drugs or alcohol massage uh uh woo woo sort of retreat but uh here's Jared Leto uh uh finding his contest winner all right we have the telephone right here are you ready but this is what i need everyone to do i need everyone to shut the fuck up for a minute because we have to be able to hear the phone, and if if you are the phone, no, 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 you gotta put your hand down. Nobody can put their hand up. Put your hand down, 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 down. Because I have to be able to see who the winner is. Okay. You see if your phone rings right now. Hey, hey, shut the fuck up. Shut it. Once and for all, before I kill you. Okay. You want someone to win? Or you want someone to lose? Here we go. Are you ready? Oh my god, this is horrible. 
What? What the fuck, man? Alright, uh, that's all I can play. I'm running out of clip time, but, uh, I think you get it's the like idea. A, it's like getting like, you know, a bunch of Everybody come to my to show and shut game. up. Could you imagine yeah. paying $80 in Ticketmaster fees for this? Oh, come to my show and pay $80 and shut the fuck up. That's <laughs> even better. Or I'll fucking kill you. Uh, and, uh, I, I believe, uh, this, uh, video was taken after the release of Suicide Squad. So it is my belief that he's deploying the oh. Joker, uh, Joker persona, uh, as, he's, as he's talking to that fan. I can't wait to show you my toys. There are too many human beings on the planet, <laughs> and we've got to do something about that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think I'll, uh, I'll rest my case as is. So right. I was going to tweet this too. Maybe I should. Polls are live, everybody. It's uh, Jared Leto facing off against Brian Stelter. That's right. The Leto and versus the Stelter. Underscore Burry Mothman at No Gen Social. Vote on the poll. Boo underscore Burry Mothman at No Gen Social. Yeah. Pokemon go to the poll. Yes, and it's eight six five four six five six two seven one to call in and. Uh, just try to maybe sway some votes. Let's open it up. Tell everybody if you open them up. Open them up. Yeah, make make your case, callers. Yes. Hey, Alex, can you hear me? Yeah, of course I can hear you. <laughs> I just want to tell you. Yeah. Uh, so first off, uh, <laughs> 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 I love how the callers that just was like good yeah. Also, yeah. Um. What'd you do? Not, Did he knock him off? What happened? Did he get scared? No, nobody called in. <laughs> wow. Nobody called in yet. Maybe. No, he I called know. in. Wait, he said I... hello. And then, can you hear me? He asked the, the, the words of death. Oh, that was a, that was a clip of an Alex Jones show caller. Oh, that was, okay. I thought the guy actually said that he, he like timed it perfectly. <laughs> that was good. No, that would have been good though. Um, yeah, I don't know. So maybe, maybe nobody, maybe everybody's just already knows, um, in their hearts who's, who's going to win this one. So they don't feel like calling in. Well, they should tell us it's, what's in their hearts. It's 865 What's in your heart? What's, what's in, in your, your heart? What's in your heart? There's at least 21 people listening right now. Cause that's how 22 people. That's how many have voted. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, I always well, wonder if no agenda social people are just kind of hanging out. They don't even know this is going on. They just see these polls and they're like, oh, They yeah. just see it popping in. They're like, douchebag. Wow, yeah. Bryce, is a douchebag. Douche I know, like, most of the people <laughs> that listen to the stream don't have uh, Mastodon accounts, which is unfortunate. Although I yes. do think oh, they wow. opened up some more slots, so if you, people get in there. Well, um, they should form their own Mastodon instances. Yes. Am I right? ITM Slaves. Join some other. Join. DIY. Yeah, oh, yeah there you go. All right, let's get to the polls, people. Vote. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out how we get them to have Pokemon go to the polls. Oh. We're about two and a half and minutes out. And then we just out. gave them ballots. <laughs> 30 people have voted. I don't know, I don't who, know created. who created Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. <laughs> but I'm trying 
trying, trying to, to figure, figure out how, how we, we get, get them, them to have Pokemon go, go to the polls. I don't know who created Pokemon Go. Sean in Maine, go ahead. Shane! Hi, how you doing? I'm sick of it! <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so good. Now oh the suspense God. music is no longer about who's going to win the poll, it's about is anyone going to call it. No callers, that's, that's surprising. What's up with that? And I think this is, is the most is votes we've had so far. Yeah, 37 so far. Are you them disturb us? Ooh. Yeah, it's looking good. You don't have Do Not Disturb turned on by chance, do you? Oh, there we no. go. There we go. That's what I, yeah, that's what I was asking. One minute out, everybody. One minute. Hello? Yeah, brother, I really want to hear what you have to say, but it's weird. Like, it's like you're moving the phone away or putting it into your shirt or something. <laughs> Caller, how you doing? <laughs> Hi there. Hey, this is Douchebag Pat from Michigan Local Number One. Douchebag Pat. Douchebag Pat. Douchebag. Yeah, my, my, my pronouns <laughs> are yonder and genius. Okay, all right. <laughs> How you doing today, Douchebag Pat? Not too bad. Hey, I, I was actually been been trying to get a hold of you guys since the Dorsey, the initial Dorsey one. Mm-hmm. When I heard that clip about. Uh, you know, him screwing over his, his employee or the guy he worked for or whatever. And I just wanted to say, that guy deserves to win straight up. Win your contest today straight up. Just because of that weaselly little shit type of stuff that they do. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I actually felt bad for him when he was on Rogan. Because I thought he was just a, like, a, like a smart dude that got his company kind of wrestled away from him, you know, by all the crazy people he hired and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it turns out he he kind of deserves what he's getting now. So maybe yes. rotten hell. That would be the consensus. So you think Dorsey's going to take the whole day? I, if I were if I were the king of the contest, I would say that. Yeah. Wow. Hey, huh. I, I got another I got another point for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the initial guy up against Dorsey, the uh, the handball girl, Hannah Mount Mountsey. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys are talking. It, did you guys say 165 kilograms? <laughs> I think that was a number that was thrown out. That's yes, like, that's accurate. Yeah, that, that's 363 pounds. I think that's the bench press. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the bench press. Oh, I thought he weighed yeah. that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But <laughs> I was going to say, you know, what? I think he weighs around 220. Okay, okay. For handball, that would like I, I don't see three hundred sixty-three being a, a handball advantage. What's uh, what's that in stones? Sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's so, what, that's what we need to know. What's that in stones? What you need to do? Look up Hannah Mousy highlight tape, and you can see how she plays against the uh, the the little people. I mean, he's a fucking giant out we, there. Yeah, well, well, yeah, he uh, um. But I, I did learn something. I did learn something, though. My last uh, four positions at a major auto worker, I, I worked for uh, females. So 
I guess I'm transitioning because I had all the testosterone drained out of me, and I'm just full of estrogen now. So <laughs> I guess I can declare female. Lay off the soy. You want to talk about it over some wine? <laughs> <laughs> Open the door or I'm going to throw rocks through your windows, you dumb whore. Now, that's quote I actually like. <laughs> I'm going to make that part of my daily, daily uh, vocabulary. So, hey, guys, have a fun one. Thank you, douchebag, Pat. Bye. DBP. Right. On Hannah Mouncey's Wikipedia, it's got a, a designation for men's handball and women's handball. Oh, jeez. The chance says. Oh, I'm sorry, just one. Yeah. All right. We got uh, We had two calls. Two people try to call in too during that. So call back next round, people. I'm closing the phone line down. Wow, forty-one, forty-one motherfuckers. Uh, Forty-one voters, and it's a blowout. Oh, dude, I got spanked. Brian Stelter with eighty-eight percent of the vote. Ooh, the Jared Leto it's hard fans to beat just Brian came Stelter. in and pulled forth to defend their their guy. It's gonna sting yeah, a little. That's what it was. <laughs> the cult, the cult gun. Everybody's wearing white. They're wearing robes. He's obviously the cult leader that, you know, fucks all the young girls, obviously. And right. <laughs> uh, I suppose Apparently there are a lot of Jared Leto fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Echelon is what they call themselves. The Echelon. Yep. That's douchey. <laughs> Uh, well, I suppose we should, uh, crown, uh, Brian, don't you think? <clears throat> oh, yeah. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> uh, douchebag. Okay, we do the roof. <laughs> God <laughs> damn it. Wow. Keep clicking. Douchebag. Oh, God. That first one was on we'll a harmonica. We'll fix it and put. Nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, okay, um, we'll edit this out. Yes. I, uh, round two. Uh, round two. Uh, Semifinals. Well, uh, let me let me. Oh um, yeah, you mean a playout clip? Playout clip. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna myself. send out Jared Leto with the uh, recognition that he deserves. Um, you know, with him being a narcissist, it's uh, I find it. Uh, very impertinent that we pay a lot of attention to him and it's it's most easy to uh pay attention attention to him when he is in front of a microphone so uh what we're going to be listening to is a uh, a presentation of sorts i was rehearsing it uh till about four o'clock this morning but uh, i hope all of you really enjoy this this is the jared leto awkward interview mix Look at you. That would be the most awkward thing that Let's we... Let's do it. Look at him. Awkward. You're awkward. You. We're a little note, too. Oh, the joker said, Dear sweet Jimmy, enjoy my snake. It's long and skinny and tasty to take. I think it says easy to take. Oh, sorry. Tasty. Oh, easy to take. Squeeze your mic. Oh, look at that. Man. A long time. Can I squeeze your mic? Uh, 
To all the dreamers out there around the world watching this tonight and places like the Ukraine and Venezuela, uh, I want to say we are here. And and as you struggle to to make your dreams happen, to live the impossible, we're thinking of you tonight. Sense of like no, no photography or what? Joking. We're joking. Okay, okay. Don't let go. Don't let go. That's my track. That's my Don't track. let go, please. Have you have you had it? Into her eyes, they're absolutely. I mean, insane. They're gold and blue, and we sent our song to space. The craziest thing ever, um, with the help of NASA. Obviously, we didn't build a rocket. Who presses play up there? You know, an astronaut does. <laughs> But I know people are obsessed with it and say it's absolutely amazing. Thank you. Um, See, I know your band and I've seen your movie. What turns me on? I would like to answer that by asking a question. What doesn't turn me on? Oh, wow. He learns something new every day. He sounds like my type of, uh, my type of fox. Really? That's really what you ask? Well, yeah, I guess so. Is there something more interesting you'd rather tell? Is there good tour stories? Do you guys have good tour stories? The problem isn't brothers. The problem is people. Yes. There are too many human beings on the planet, and we've got to do something about that. I'm not joking. <clears throat> yes, this is serious here. You like Huey Lewis on the news? As Megan well, McCain said, that was a journey. <laughs> I'm going to need that 16-bit Huey Lewis clip, uh, you know, for personal use. I want to, like, shower to that music. Oh, you know I save everything. I got you. Uh, I know you do. I saw your foreshadowing. You you requested that song during the uh, Rock and Roll pre-show this morning, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was kind of oh. stacked with the foreshadowing for uh, for this one. Are you ready? Find that man after Bruh. the show and kill him. <laughs> yeah. Such a douche. Uh, I hate him. Yes. Everybody knows that that, I mean. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. my goodness. <laughs> All right, Jared Leto. And, uh, yes, yeah, send, uh, send me the rest of your Leto, and I'll, I'll obviously put it at the end of the, uh, end of the show. In post. Post haste. Post. Yep. R.I.P. Jared Leto. Yay, mm. me. Uh, so semifinals, that's, uh, stacks up Dr. Jill Biden versus Jack Dorsey. Round two. Oh my. Semifinals. Ready? Go! Choose your fighter. 
As so often, I'm competing with myself. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it looks like uh, <laughs> Dr. Jill Biden is, <laughs> is going to be first. Uh, she wins the coin toss. Jill. Jill. Dr. Jill. 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 Dr. Jill. The, oh, 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 God. Man, someone's done him already. It's too bad. He almost Bill, won, Bill too. Bill. Yeah, he almost won. Yeah. Yeah. Only lost because he went up against one of the ultimate douchebags. Anyway, only Bill uh, Gates. So we got Jill Biden. What's that? I said only Bill Gates could beat Bill Nye. Yes, yes. Only one Bill was going to come out on top, and as always, it's Bill Gates. Um, So we've got Jill Biden. She's still the first lady. She's still kind of weird, and. and she doesn't want people to touch Joe because Joe, she knows that Joe will touch back. You know, it's like, it's like going to the zoo. Don't feed the Joe. Don't touch the Joe <laughs> because you're only putting yourself in harm's way. That's what a predator will do. <laughs> Blame don't the victim. Don't look the Joe directly in the eyes. No, never make direct eye contact with the Joe. He can only see you if you move. He can smell movement. <laughs> So watch out. Uh, is that hair blowing in the wind, Jack? <laughs> I know what I spelled as <laughs> uh, the, and you, we, we know that Jill is, you know, as you guys kind of said before, she's his handler in more ways than one, I, I, I imagine. But, uh, <laughs> on a, <laughs> but on a public front, uh, she, uh, you know, she likes to rein him in and, Get him to calm the fuck down when he, when he, as he says himself, goes full Irish, uh, which he says a lot, which, you know, I don't know if you can say that anymore, Joe, but okay, whatever you can, you, you do you, uh, let's see here. Oh, did you know how many times that Joe proposed to Jill Biden? Seven. Close. 15. Close. Well, further away than seven. I was going to say, is that, is that warmer or colder? I'm not sure. That's colder. Five times. Oh, wow. Proposed to her five separate times. And then I guess the last time he got real angry. Once with like, a knife, no, once with a gun. Now. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Jack, you better marry me. Listen here, Jack. <laughs> he had oh, did I mention he was balls. 10 years old with dinner? <laughs> What's that, Boots? You mentioned what? He had to get corn pop involved. He was... Tw- <laughs> Yep. Yes. He was corn pop. That, uh, he, he all along, turns out. And, and yeah, said, he was 10 years her senior. 10 years her senior, okay. That's right. 10 years her senior. Or 9 years or whatever. 9, 10 years her senior. She was fresh out of college and he was like, uh, like a 30 year old senator. <laughs> He's just like, well, that's for me. Uh, so we got Jill Biden, uh, three proposals and don't touch Joe. When Jill Biden met her future husband, he was just three years into his run as Delaware's longest-serving senator. The prestigious title might have drawn other potential dates to the dashing politician like a moth to a flame, but this wasn't the case for Joe's future wife. In fact, then-college student Jill initially didn't want anything to do with the senator. Jill revealed to Vogue in 2016, I thought, God, this is never going to work, not in a million years. He was nine years older than I am. He comes with a suit, leather loafers. I thought, oh gosh, this guy's going to be kind of stiff. Um... (laughs) 
but he wasn't. He really wasn't. Joe Biden had to ask for Jill's hand in marriage a whopping five times before she said yes. According to the former vice president, even his two young sons wanted to marry their dad's lady friend. I didn't have the heart to tell him I'd already asked her and she said no. After her initial rejection, Joe popped the question three more times before giving Jill a stern ultimatum in 1977. According to Jill, the former vice president told her, I've been as patient as I know how to be, but this has got my Irish up. Either you decide to marry me or that's it. I'm out. I'm not asking again. I'm too much in love with you to just be friends. Of course, she eventually agreed to his proposal and the rest is history. Joe Biden had to ask for Jill's hand in marriage a whopping five times before she said yes. According to the former vice president. Wait, did this like repeat they're coming because uh, I don't know. Did, you, did it? Did it? Did the clip repeat? I don't know. It's international depression. It's, <laughs> it's still. It's one minute in. It's almost halfway through the clip, but it sounded like it's. No, uh, we'll just finish it out and see if it actually repeats. <laughs> You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. Give me two hundred dollars. That was Joe Biden's proposal. <laughs> Even his two young sons wanted to marry their dad's lady friend. I didn't have the heart to tell him I'd already asked her, and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> After her initial rejection, Joe popped the question three more times before uh, giving Jill a stern ultimatum in 1977. Weird. According to Jill, the former vice president told her, I've been as patient as I know how to be, but this has got my Irish up. Either you decide to marry me or that's it. I'm out. I'm not asking again. Open I'm too much door, in love with you to just be friends. Of course, she eventually agreed to his proposal and the rest is history. Everybody knows I love her more than she loves me. Jill Our Biden has found herself in the awkward position of defending Joe Biden against his alleged history of touching women inappropriately. In March 2019, former Nevada State Assemblywoman Lucy Flores claimed that the then vice president sniffed her hair and planted a, quote, big slow kiss on the back of her head at a rally in 2014. So I frankly just didn't even know how to react. I was just shocked. I, I felt I felt powerless. I felt like I couldn't move. I I just didn't even know how to process it. For his part, Joe stated that he never meant to make Flores feel uncomfortable and pledged to listen respectfully to women in the future. Jill addressed the controversy alongside her husband on Good Morning America, saying, I, I think what you don't realize is how many people approach Joe. One of the things that Joe is known for is making connections with people. Dr. Biden did say up. that going forward, Joe should be a better judge of how to react when people approach him and that maybe he shouldn't approach them. Hopefully, he'll take her words to heart. Hopefully. Let's hope he takes her words to heart, boys. Jesus Christ. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. People are coming. And I love I'm kids nice jumping guy. on my lap. That's the reason why it's happening. He loves kids jumping on his lap. Pre-pandemic. Loves high. <laughs> loves them. Loves children jumping on his lap, creeping on his, and his, his hair has turned blonde in the sun. Priorities okay. I'm roaches. high. <laughs> you guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh... So this Jill Biden character defending her obviously creepy, weird husband who touches people on national television, children, women, uh, she's just like, well, just don't touch him. Just, just don't look at him. Is is this the same dude you. that people were out in the streets uh, quite literally in tears over when he won the election? I seem to recall a lot of footage, uh, at least of people in my own personal circles where they were out and out and abound, uh, just sobbing with happiness because this man that proposed they to were his, excited uh, to pay more for gas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, thank uh, God. This dude proposed five times. It's a little predatory, don't you think? And then the last one, 
God damn it, marry me, or else. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Starting to get my Irish up. <laughs> mm. Fight Maybe Irish. Irish is what he calls this wiener. <laughs> uh, uh, and you, we, she, he mentioned uh, Ashley Biden uh, in the first clip, in the first round. We mentioned Ashley Biden, and I don't even really want to go into all of that, but you know, she's got that diary that got out, and she's she's very familiar with her dad's Irish. Uh, saw it in the shower a couple times. So. <laughs> <clears throat> what are you going to do? Strange family. Strange family. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I don't remember who said it, but I saw somebody say yesterday, when both your kids accuse you of being a pedophile, you're probably a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one kid's bad enough, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Pedo Pete or whatever. Yes. Right. Jack Dorsey. All right. Well, that's it for Jill. Listen, Jack. All right. <laughs> now, Jack. So we got J- Jack and Jill here. Jack and now, Jill. I'm going to tell you uh, something about Jack Dorsey. Uh, did you know that he has an incredible, his lifestyle, Jack Dorsey's lifestyle is different than anyone else I've ever met. He's got the, he's got the, the real regimented situation. He, he, you know, he gets up at a certain hour. He's got his routine. Such a, he's such a low down to earth laid back guy. Uh, if you could play Jack Dorsey too, lifestyle. He begins his day with a cold shower, followed by an hour of silent meditation. On days he has off and in the evenings, he hops into his infrared sauna space, sauna, and sits in temperatures as high as 125 degrees Fahrenheit for 15 minutes. He'll then go directly from the heat to a three-minute ice bath in his tub, which is set to negative 37 degrees Fahrenheit. He repeats this hot and cold process up to three times. Before walking out the door, he also likes to drink about 28 ounces of water or a mixture of lemon juice, water, and Himalayan salt. On the three days a week he goes into the office, he walks the five miles to work, which takes him about an hour and 15 minutes. He says this walk makes him feel alive, but what about when he gets to work? Jack works from home two days a week, but Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he walks to Twitter's head offices first. He works there from about 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., then heads across the street to the square offices. He stays there until 6 or 7. He works at a standing desk and has a near-infrared bulb shining on him, which is said to support cellular regeneration and anti-aging effects. At the, the end of the day, people. he takes a lift home and eats his dinner. This is followed by a seven-minute workout and a visit to the sauna. He then fits in up to another hour of meditation before doing some reflective journaling and writing his to-do list for the next day. When he's ready for bed, he monitors his sleep with an aura ring, which tracks his sleep quality and recovery speed. As a billionaire, Dorsey can clearly go wherever he wants, so a (laughs) 10-day silent meditation retreat to celebrate his 46th birthday might seem like a strange choice. In late 2018, Dorsey traveled all the way to Myanmar to practice silent vipassana meditation. The 10-day stretch of silence began the night of his birthday, November 19th. He meditated daily from 4.30 a.m. to 9 p.m. with minimal breaks. Cell phones and other gadgets were banned, but Jack did hold on to his Apple Watch, which he put into airplane mode and used to track his heart rate. The participants were expected to sit perfectly still and silent and focus on their breathing. Over the 10 days, reading, writing, physical contact, and any form of communication were strictly forbidden. 
One night, when they were meditating in a cave, he was bit by mosquitoes 117 times in the、exactly. first 10 minutes. It's definitely not everyone's first choice for a vacation, but Dorsey highly recommends it, saying it brought him to an incredible level of focus and clarity. So, what can we all learn from Jack's insane lifestyle? The lesson. One lesson we can all learn from Dorsey is the path to success looks different for everyone. Just give me the news. Yeah,、come、that's the lesson. Here. Wow.、Uh, what? <laughs> oh. Sorry, I was talking to that、Just、lady. Give me the news and get the <laughs> out of here. Ah,、uh, okay, okay.、Uh, yes. <laughs> what? What? So, just a quick sum up of what this guy does. He gets up at five in the morning. He meditates for an hour. He goes. He walks to work. He works for I don't know a couple hours, and then he. Wow. Goes and stretches, and then he puts in his、uh, Nuva ring, and then he goes and he does a seven-minute workout. Wow! Yes, the seven-minute workout is what I'm interested in. What is that? I don't know. What the hell do you do for seven minutes? Isn't that what you put in your pussy for birth control? <laughs> yeah. What do you? You you, you, you talked about the ring. He said, "I don't know." He said something about a ring. I thought it was a Nuva ring or something. And he, he drinks exactly twenty-eight ounces of water. Exactly twenty ounces of water. Doesn't eat. He eats between the hours of six forty-five and nine thirty p.m. Wow! Every day,、uh, and then he has you know a therapist come in to massage his you know rectum, and I don't know. He just there's a whole bunch of stuff that he does. But the seven minute workout, I'm with you, man. What in the hell are you going to do in seven fucking minutes? You can't even warm、he、up. Could have one、minutes. of those machines. There's a machine on when you used to fly airplanes and they put those magazines out. There was a spread. Of this like ultimate workout machine that looked like you know something out of Clockwork Orange,、uh-huh. and but they did they said it was like a seven minute workout will change your life and it's it works every muscle in your body and I don't know what it does but that's what uh I'm so curious I was just thinking about that I'm like yeah interesting yeah Very, ultimate ultimate seven minute workout I, like I've heard of you have you ever heard of people being put in like、uh, chilled boxes like ice boxes and shivering off like a twenty five minute shiver session. But I've definitely heard of people like getting into the hot and cold thing. You know, doing getting in a hot a hot tub and then a cold tub. I've I've done that. right, and that's、sure. supposed to and he does that. Too. It opens and closes your pores, and that's supposed to rejuvenate you. And then being around the red light all the time. That and that's a definite lizard reference. You know, and I,、yeah. he sits on a heated rock. <laughs> that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> he sits on a heated rock for six hours a day. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's a lizard." Under his little sun lamp, and you know, he does it for anti-aging purposes. Oh, okay, <laughs> sure.、Chocolate、and he eats、gum. the bugs for the same reason. <laughs> Chocolate-covered crickets. Try <laughs> <laughs>、so、learning about there's, roaches. I- <laughs> there's three more times protein in crickets than in you know this prime rib. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm true.、Say. I'm in. I'm into the the cricket Crisco. I think that could be a lot of fun. <laughs> Crisco. Crisco. Mmm. Crisco. Fry my fries in that. Fries. Oh, wow, dude. <laughs> anyway. Hey,、okay, I'm high. Well, All right. So that's those are my two guys. I've got or a gal and a guy. Doctor Jill Biden versus non Jock Doctor Jack Dorsey. And the polls are lines are open. Call eight six five four six five six two seven one eight six five four six five six two seven one. If nobody calls, I'll call one of the two people that tried to call in last round.、Uh, see, call them back.、Mm. Unless they、This、have personal information in their voicemail, then I'll just have to hang up real fast.
Click. Click. Yeah. 865-465-6271. I don't want to take calls. And the races Joe's are off. killing it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Joe's taking a quick lead. You never know. Something, we could always have a um, highway uh, last-minute highway robbery like what happened to Dr. Phil. You're going to win either way. Justice for Hassan. I can't believe I didn't notice Jack and Jill until you pointed that out. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> it's I, hit it. I told you it was Jill and Jack, and you were like, okay. And then I, and then I sprung a sneaky on you. Listen, Jack. Yeah. Listen, Jack. Let's do push-ups, fats. <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, Tubbs. <laughs> is this Mike on? Jack Dorsey got his bots on the action. He's he's not. He, people are gonna. He's erasing votes from the mainframe. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. The bots are active. He's pulling back up. There's more Jack fans now. Jack I don't fans know who created in. Pokemon Go. But yeah, I think you can Pokemon. Call us at 865-465-6271. Let us know what you think. And you know Hillary's like, what the fuck is Pokemon going to It's this game everybody's playing. Just say, just say this. Just say this. This is a joke. You got to just say this joke. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Pokemon. Dude, Pokemon. Jack has totally activated the bots. Is that is that something I can sacrifice to Moloch? Two minutes left, Jack. Yep, two and a half on, minutes Jack. out. Two and a half minutes out. We are halfway through. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Ah. Oh, no. Ah. Nice. Oh, let's leave a message. <laughs> Hi, we were calling to update your car's warranty. Ugh. <laughs> uh. I should have started playing once once the once the tab wouldn't close and a button popped up. I should have just started playing loud clips over those numbers. <laughs> oh, What's God. going on? Sorry, Colin. Sir Doc Sitter. Yeah, no kidding, man. That was bad. Jeez. Well, at least nobody knows whose number that was, right? They will soon. Yeah. <laughs> they just are going to call it. I am going to have to take down that take that part out of the show. Faux show. All right. <laughs> just give it a big beep. Beep. Well, um, one minute left. He's closed. He's closed in with ten. Oh, less than that. Seven points. Oh. I don't know how this is going to shake out. Oh. Six point. Jack has activated the bots. Can he come in with <laughs> five thousand sealed indictments at the last second? I bet it's Elon's doing this to lower the the Twitter stock price. He's like, yeah. Jack Dorsey wins douchebag. If he's the biggest douchebag, then I can get it for less. Get it for I can get it for $43 billion instead of $44 billion. Jack and Jill went up the hill to get a pail of douchebags. Remember that podcast I had to record? Well, I Jack had good news and bad news. What's the usual here I myself 
I like the bad news first. Kind of softens the blow a little bit so that. Shut up, Jesus! You talk so much for someone who has nothing to say. Just give me the news and get the f out of here. <laughs> wow. We have thirty right. seconds out, everybody. Thirty seconds on the clock, up in the corner. Tick, tick, tick. Ah, oh, Joe Biden's coming ahead. She's pulling ahead. Me, so it's over. I can't believe what you just said. Ten seconds. Fox News is calling it for Jill. Survey says it's Jill, excuse me, I'm sorry, Dr. Jill Biden with 57% of the vote, 35 people turning out. Congratulations. All right. I lost. <laughs> and one. <laughs> well, well, well. Feels good, Excellent. man. Again, this has been, once again, once again, this has been, uh, Episode full of matchups that I failed to predict the outcome of. You know, it could yes. be it could be cool. I didn't to start. realize Doctor Jill would. I didn't. I didn't realize Doctor Jill would do so well. It could be yeah, fun to like start, start getting uh, brackets out. filled out from people. Like, submit your brackets. Who do you think is going to win? Yeah. Oh yeah. Put a little money on. Oh, it. like the final four. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, put a little a couple of stats just behind did it. March Madness. But the Final problem, the douchebag madness. Is, you call it douchebag madness. <laughs> the problem with that is like that would ver that would really incentivize the uh, the bot traffic if there is anybody with multiple account, not bots, but sock accounts. Yes, <laughs> you, you I think the mob would get involved. It's going to be all that happens. You, you don't start, see like how much money we can make from the these douchebags. <laughs> we can't make gobs of money. I don't see you <laughs> complaining when the uh, government does it to you. Yeah, we well, can make hundreds I do. of dollars. Well, What's up, Tracy? You see me complain about all the time. <laughs> well, hey, uh, do you so want to get into the douchebag business, huh? Do you want to play this last uh, Jack clip, Jack? Is your playout? Yes. You just... Okay. Let's let's play the last Jack clip and and actually hear his uh, his strange voice, which we haven't heard yet. Very polished now. You look good. You're you're good to go, right? But you were like a punk rock kid. If you look at pictures of you back in the look day, you've got. If you pulled up the sleeves, you have a tattoo. I have a tattoo. You got a tattoo. I mean, so punk you rock. You had to really <laughs> learn how to manage a company. Anything you know that you've learned that's really helped you. That you know you wish you could tell your your young Jack Dorsey kind of tattooed dude with the great hair. You know, I I would not uh, I would not go away from that. I'm still a punk. You know, I, I, what was, what was amazing to me about the punk scene and why I got into it is because there was this confidence of, I'm not going to go off and be shy about learning how to be a musician. I'm going to play in the public. I'm going to play in the street. And if I sound bad. Did you ever okay, try that? I'll get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. You still do it? I, I don't do it right now. Um, I would like to. I would like to get back to it. But, the punk scene was this the scene where like people would get up on stage and they would just play and uh, they were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. And then you saw them next week and they're a little bit better. And then you saw them the next week and they're a little bit better. And you saw them in a year and they were the remote. What is broken about Twitter today? 
What is broken about Twitter? I mean, I, I think it really depends on who you follow um, and your perception of um, yeah. what you see and, and how you feel about that. I mean, I, there, there's a lot of emphasis today on politics Twitter. And politics Twitter tends to be pretty divisive and it tends to be pretty contentious and you see a lot of outrage and you see a lot of um, a lot of unhealthy debate that you probably want to walk away from tangibly. If you go to other Twitters like NBA Twitter or K-pop Twitter, you <laughs> see the complete opposite. You see a lot of empowering conversation. What about an K-pop Twitter is encourage the extreme? Oh, I got a K-pop Twitter observation. Just backing. Sorry. When we're done, I just, I just, yeah, it's got like a couple. You could type in talk- any word phrase that you're looking for, and there's a fucking K-pop thread about it. Anything you could think of, there's a K-pop <laughs> thread about it, and it's weird, like, and, uh, you know, and it's like. <laughs> I'll type in guitar solo. Let's see. I'm in Twitter right now. Let's go into Twitter and type in guitar solo. And let's see, you know, K-pop will pop up. And it's all, it's these weird Asian people who all look like girls. Guitar. <laughs> but aren't. <laughs> I, I just, Perfect. So, yeah. I, it's just funny when Jack Dorsey's talking about how, what parts of Twitter is super empowering. K-pop was like the first or second thing that came into his mind. Well, the first thing was NBA Twitter. I was like, okay, I think the second buddy. one down is, is a K-pop video. If you type in videos afterwards, it says bright guitars, and the guy looks Asian, but I could be wrong. Wouldn't that make it CCP Twitter, technically, by default? Of course. Yeah. K is Korean, isn't it? Or no? No, from the NBA, <laughs> the NBA players. <laughs> oh. <laughs> NBA Twitter. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Chinese Twitter, and then, of course, you know. In fact, the, yeah. I don't know. I can't tell the first one if they're Asian or not. I don't think they're Asian. Um, but they, oh, it's Belinda's third so runaway horses. Uh, three videos are all Asian people playing guitar solos. And Asian people aren't known wow. for their guitar solos. Can you name an Asian guitar player that solo? No, but I'm also not I from Asia. So. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I They're should. definitely overtaking us. <laughs> You've exposed And then finally we very... get into Ace and Slash. That's a big weakness that I need to overcome. I need to I need to be able to answer that question. Yeah, I do know an Asian shredder. Get out of here. But no. Is it know. Shredder from TMNT? TMNT. Oh. Perhaps. You see a lot of empowering conversation. What about incentives that encourage the extremes, encourage polarization? Just backing up a bit. Like when we started the company and the service 12 years ago, we weren't necessarily thinking about some of the repercussions from our actions. And and they look quite small at the time. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's only like five seconds left of that clip. Yeah. No what a guy. Well, good old Jack Dorsey. Dorsey. Good, good for him. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Dorsey. Go back to your isolation chamber, bud, and your, and your sun lamp. Your warm rock. <laughs> All right, that brings us to that brings us to uh, part two of round two, the semifinals. Round two semifinals. Yeah. Challengers approach. This is going to be Chris Cuomo versus Brian Stelter. We got a CNN face-off. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Coin toss. It's a former CNN face-off. Yeah, that, that is 
he, he caught me there <laughs> on the flub. Uh, <laughs> but it's going to be Chris Cuomo up first. And, um, you know, I, I was kind of at debate with myself in whether or not to provide a broad view of examples or a, a snapshot of, uh, it's the same sort of thing that we're going to be discussing here, but one's a lot more highlighted. It's like the, the, it's two clips. And I'm curious, do y'all want to hear the whole collection or do you want to hear the, the one that I had highlighted? What are y'all feeling? Hmm. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll um, give you this. I'm, they, they, both of these clips are going to deal with, uh, the relationship that Chris Cuomo often aired with his brother, uh, on his, on his show, uh, Andrew Cuomo when, when Cuomo's governor for New York. I do love the one when they, when they're making fun of each other back in shit they used to do when they were kids. You were and, very, uh, you were very disrespectful to mother. <laughs> yeah. Trading jobs. Like stuff like that. Like, from, oh, like Sopranos. Yeah. yeah. Out, out Goomba-ing each other. Yeah, which is, uh, <laughs> I guess hard to do, but it, I'm, I'm good with either because he's, yeah. he's a douchebag. No matter I think they're what. all going to, they're going to be good no matter what you go with. So no doubt. Um, you know, I'm, I'm it. just going to have to go with the, with a surreal one. This is an Entertainment Weekly clip that I pulled. And, uh, this is at the height of the COVID panic. And, uh, here, here Chris Cuomo is making fun of Andrew Cuomo's nose swab and the size of it. See, I said I was going to be nice and sweet. I just want a yes, no. If you're in need of a good laugh, Chris Cuomo mocking brother Andrew Cuomo will do the trick. These two are known for teasing the hell out of each other, but when Andrew appeared on Cuomo Primetime Wednesday night after taking a COVID-19 test live on TV in an attempt to calm the public's nerves about it being painful, Chris let him have it in the most brotherly way, of course. First of all, is it true that when you were having the test administered, you inhaled and the doctor's finger went all the way up your nose and got stuck and had to be released with a tool. Ooh. Is that true? Just to just to deal no, with the rest. She, she, she wanted to comment that the only tool I have a you. little button nose mm. and she was afraid that the swab would actually hurt because it, it extended my uh, nasal cavity. Now, you got to understand, there's, there's semis full of bodies on the streets of Manhattan like this is this is so just incredibly surreal to me that this gag is being Allegedly. broadcasted. Uh yeah. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if you've been listening to any science, buddy. The proboscis uh, issue. Speaking about the delicacy of, of the nose. of the nose. Then this happened. Is it true that this was the swab that the nurse was actually using on you and that at first it went into your nose and disappeared. Oh, and it didn't end there. In scale, this was the actual swab that was being used to fit up that double barrel shotgun that you have mounted on the front of your pretty face. So he starts out with this normal size swab, and then the second swab that he pulls out is about mm, 18 inches and uh, maybe the size of like a half-grown lemon. It's the size of the swab, the cotton on the end. <laughs> oh, God. See, I said I was going to be nice and sweet. I just want a yes, no. 
The New York governor and CNN host could barely contain their laughter. You can't make this stuff up. And was, was it this? I was trying. Or was it this? Very hard. First, I thought I did so well on that nasal test standing up there. She did the swab. I did not flinch. I was a cool dude in a loose mood. Didn't move. Of course anything. you were. That swab is like a piece no. of lint going in that thing in your face. That's How not, could it have collected anything? Not, it was like throwing a rock around a cave. So not right. Come on. Which was? This is not love. This is not love. Oh, but we are loving Ooh. every minute of it. You know, this is the regular swab. (laughs) This is what we're told disappeared in the governor's nose. And then we're told that this is what it took. We're going to take a break. We come back. Something that everybody wants to know. Second to what I just asked. Andrew and Chris have captured many hearts with their adorable on-air sparring throughout the coronavirus pandemic. (laughs) I'm proud of what you're doing. I know you're working hard for your state. But no matter how hard you're working, there's always time to call mom. She wants to hear from you. Right. Just so you know. Yeah, I called mom. I called mom just before I came on the show. By the way, she said I was her favorite. She never said. Good news is, she said you were her second favorite. Second favorite son. (laughs) First of all, that's a cheap shot. (laughs) I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude in loose mood. You know that. Love (laughs) gov. Puts on a glove. Obviously, I'll never be objective. So, uh, you know, there was, there's, I guess, been some back and forth in his own mental, uh, landscape, whether he was, uh, guilty of crossing ethical boundaries with his brother being in the governor's seat and him providing, um, what was it? Advice during his, uh, sexual misconduct allegations. And that's why yeah. he got, that's why he got and, canned. Uh, yeah, conflict of interest. I don't believe in rules. And you know what's interesting is they um people think, oh, we're going to get rid of Cuomo and things are going to get better. And then the person that comes in to fill in that spot is worse right. than Cuomo. Um, it's, mm. how, it's how it always works. There's always there's always a dirtier dish. <laughs> each, it's a smaller uh, fish. Each one of these Hydra heads get, just gets uglier than the than the, than the last one, <laughs> no matter how many you got. Yeah, right. She's got a goddamn history book at school. <laughs> the degradation of society as we know it. Ah! You fucking bastard! <laughs> uh, I think that's uh, that's gonna that's gonna do it for me. I'm out of time. And I'll pass it over to Rob. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Uh, I got a question on uh, the two clips. So I'm not looking at the times. Is Stelter on Rogan Ivermectin longer than Stelter on Rogan? Stelter on Rogan Ivermectin is 1 minute 50. And what was the other one? Stelter on Rogan uh, Just Stelter on Rogan. Yeah, I think they're the oh, same Stelter clip, but then I added one. I dumped it out again. Oh, and added Stelter on Rogan's only 20 seconds. Okay, yeah. All right, yeah, so we want... That's actually two different interviews, but it's talking about the Spotify Rogan thing. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's start off with a good one. This is the panel hard quest, Stelter panel hard question. Uh, this is when some young, uh, college kid asked Stelter about, you know, why the media sucks. Oh, specifically. Uh, with mainstream CNN. corporate journalists becoming little more than, uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime, is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? 
uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> uh, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds. But, but I think Good my one. honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, Off is that oh, I think you're describing a different channel than mm-hmm. the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, <laughs> all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but uh-huh. when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing, and they tried to help. They tried to help him get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. They imagine that it's a a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do, I think. You know, and I wish I had the fax Ugh. machine sound coming up after that because that's the talking points <laughs> coming up. That's how it works. Yeah. The talking points come from some fax machine. They rip them off and go, all right, this is what we're covering today. And yeah. uh, that, because if you watch these news shows, they all basically follow the same, you know, talking points over and over again. A lot uh, of the time they'll so use the same phrasing. Yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah. I don't Walls are closing in. I think you mean the presidency of the you news business. The people don't see, the people don't hear. They imagine that it's a, a situation that simply is not. But I think your question, it speaks to the failure of journalism to show <laughs> our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have it is. <laughs> now, now, thus, the, the, those of us who lived in the 80s know that's the sound of a modem. That is not the sound of a fax machine. Right. That was the, that's the modem logging on and then, uh, you could, uh, I, I, you can, I, I used to be able to mimic, I used to have these games on tapes and you put a cassette into a tape recorder and it would load up the game and it would make these sounds that would go, uh, uh, eh, 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 uh, uh, eh, uh, uh, eh, 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 and it would trail off like that. But that's how the game would load and then the game would start. It was a amazing time. Yeah, the, I always like that. Uh, That's where phone, Jeff Punk got all their inspiration. And that uh, phone phone <laughs> freaking bam, bam, with the bam, uh, bam, with the cats and crunch whistle. I always thought that was fascinating. Uh, being able the to captain like, crunch whistle. Yeah, yeah with each other. phone That's freaking the reality. Freaking. Yeah, it's a uh, the this whistle that came in the bottom of a box of cereal. It mimicked the oh, same okay. frequencies as the uh, the actual like dial tone for uh, landlines. Oh, wow. Yeah, so people yeah, could yeah, like yeah. tune free long distance calls. Yeah, hack the phones basically. Huh. Wait, aren't you dial tone? I am dial tone actually. Dial tone. That's, That's right. true. That's your GI Joe name. Mm-hmm. GI Joe name is dial. Tone. And your skid mark. Dial tone. Give the news business. The people don't see. The people don't hear. How come? They imagine how come these a, all these fax machine sounds aren't actually is not. papers printed? But I think your question it go, speaks man. to the failure of journalism. <laughs> To show our work and show the reality of how our profession operates. We have a lot of work to do.
There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The, uh, that's the printer with the shit on the side that you have to tear off. A little uh, feeder, <laughs> office feeder papers. Uh, PC load letter. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, more stelter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do, we'll do a, a, a short one. This is a Stelter General Neutral Potato Head. <laughs> On Friday, I was about to go get dinner for my kids when Donald Trump Jr. attacked me in his speech at CPAC. Um, something about me looking like a gender neutral potato head. <laughs> hmm. Something, uh, something sounds, that, they cut everything. It's, it sounds like they, somebody sped that one up, uh, but I just thought it was too funny not to play. And then, um, and then we'll do, uh, let's do, uh, Stelter on Rogan Ivermectin. Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verifying information about COVID-19. Department. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what the, is the heart of this. Well, well, certainly Spotify is doing something that the big other social networks did two years ago, adding content warnings or content advisories, adding a hub full of information about COVID-19. These are steps Facebook and Twitter took in March of 2020 and April of 2020. Now Spotify is trying to calm things down and appease artists by adding these features, but this is a very small step by Spotify. They're not wrestling with the reality, Julia, that they are not just a platform, they're a distributor because they pay Joe Rogan $100 million. They are his promoter, they are his distributor. And so whether artists are gonna think this is enough is a very open question. He is a very valuable asset for Spotify. But Daniel Eck, uh, Daniel Eck, the CEO, clearly felt enough pressure over the weekend to rush a statement out, to promise to take action, to try to calm down, not just artists who might be offended, but also subscribers. We don't know how many subscribers Spotify might have lost over the weekend due to this controversy. Will it fade away in a few days? I think it probably will. Will Joe Rogan continue to book guests who promote vaccine disinformation? He probably will. His position is he's just asking questions. And as you said, he's not a journalist. He's much more of an entertainer. Um, the issue with Joe Rogan is that there are lots and lots and lots of people out there who do not trust the CNNs and they trust the Joe Rogans instead. And that's a trust problem that's much bigger than Spotify, and it's not fixable just by putting a label or a warning on something. It's only fixable by taking it down and, completely. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say the only uh, subscribers they lost are the ones who died from the vaccine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Probably, probably true. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to hit you with this. <laughs> is it uh is it time for the polls uh yes. i think so I, th- I think i've i've done my that's my uh stelter semifinal Ooh, cutlet not list. one day five minutes I that's don't know it who created pokemon go eight six five four six five six two seven one but i'm trying to figure out how we get them to have pokemon go to the polls let's fucking go <laughs> dude how does one have pokemon go to the polls she asked the crowd. I don't know who created Pokemon <laughs> Go. I don't even know what the fuck it is. She's so indignant about it, too. 
<laughs> I don't know who oh, created God. Pokemon Go. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> we had, we had, wait, I was looking at the, the poll here and it was 75 to 33%. I don't know how we get that, but that's, that was, that was the percentage that's breakdown for, for Joe Biden a math. second there. CNN math. <laughs> nice. Ooh, it's tied. Chris Cuomo is coming back. Uh-oh. Uh, the Cuomo Ooh, head. Tight I, can feel I feel yeah. sad. Oh. And all the news is, is bad. My Cuomo prime time helps to get me through. I just got a subpoena what? from your other wife, Christina. This is the this, this is the song that you've ruined my life with, Uber. Well, funny enough, this is also my last clip. <laughs> oh no! You should have stopped you me a long time yet. ago. You should have stopped me. Why didn't you stop me like? Uh, why didn't you stop me like fifteen seconds ago? At least it's tied with three minutes left. This is a bard burner. Because I'm oh, sitting my. here, I'm trying to thumb through all my fucking apps that are open to make sure I don't have it playing in the background accidentally. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is dawn on me to check clean feed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my I'm goodness. I'm being clever, and I'm giving spoiler alerts instead. Whoops. Well, we are stuck at 24 people. Get to the votes in, people. a few more people out there. 50-50? Oh, boy. We open the phone lines. I don't know too. who created Pokemon Go. Yeah, I don't know. The phone lines haven't been hitting, uh, but eight six five four six five six two seven one. Squeeze one in there, callers. Somebody you know I mean? just put a a dial tone GI Joe action figure on here. That's pretty quick. Somebody found the the, the box. Oh yeah, oh, Saroma. <laughs> oh nice. I want to see He's what the number on there. Like. And I don't even. I don't even think I know yeah. what Skidmark looks like. Hello, this is sexy. <laughs> oh, do you put the telephone number on there? Oh, nice. You put a art, art of, number on there, the schemes number. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Dow tone. Man, that's the show notes. Easy. Man. Look at that pack he is sporting. What a, what a yeah. piece of futuristic technology that is. <laughs> you and want 5G, 6G, 7G, 8G, I got you. I got all the Gs you could ever need, son. <laughs> got so many fucking Gs. <laughs> I'm, I'm packing four whole gigs of RAM. It's a, I believe it's a, it's a, it's a printer. <laughs> a faxer. Excuse me, and during the firefight, Dalton has to change his toner. <laughs> <laughs> he starts leaking black shit out of his ass. I'm like, you okay? It's just extra toner, bro. Let's keep going. Keep Paper jam. Out of cyan, goddammit. <laughs> Replace the cyan. <laughs> All right, what's the time on here? Let's see. We've got we about got a minute, minute left. left. Yep. Thirty-one people have voted. What's the what's the ratio? Don't be shy. Let us know. Chris Cuomo or Brian Stelter is is the biggest douchebag. Which one? You let us know. CNN wins no matter what, <laughs> or loses. Yeah. <laughs> what's that? Oh my god! Goodness, saved or created. 
Is that is that the fire sprinkler about to go off? That doesn't sound like a fire sprinkler. <laughs> All right, thirty go. seconds. There we go. On the clock. Oh, cool. Thirty seconds. Super Side. sudden death. Kick ass. Yep, ten seconds, everybody. Ten seconds. Sixty-one percent of the vote. Brian Stelter. Oh, fifty-nine. Wow, someone squeezed in at the last second. That thirty-fourth person. I see you. In. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Brian Stelter, you're going away to the finals with fifty-nine percent of the vote. Whoa, Stelter! Uh, I can't. Er, Stelter. All right, I've updated the. Uh, I've updated the. Uh, what are these things called? Brackets, and I'm uh, putting. <laughs> <laughs> they look terrible. It's my hand markup on uh, the <laughs> iPhone. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Brian Stelter progresses. Douchebag. I choose my fighter well. You're a cunt. Goodness. That goes for all of our finalists on uh, this Battle of the Douchebags Part 7. We have reached the final round. Because you're a cunt. All right. Well, let me, uh, I'm gonna, round. I'm gonna Holy actually, crap. I'm gonna send off Chris Cuomo here real quick. Uh, Sir, Sir Seat Sitter was already on the jump, but, uh, he was on the right path. <laughs> we were, we were brainwaving. This song, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I like to, I like to play this song because I think it highlights how how these talking heads can inspire art in people. Whenever I feel sad and all the news is bad, my Cuomo prime time helps to get me through. I just got a subpoena from your other wife. Christina to make this special birthday gift for you. You are listening to the super sweet sexy sounds of the Battle of the Douchebags. Episode 7, Dripping this with Douche. Just for you, my Chris. I hope you like it. And I'll I love you, do Chris. Birthday parties. Christopher Cuomo. There's no one better in the biz, Christopher Cuomo. Christopher Cuomo. You always tell it like it is. You're so wise and intellectual, and unlike any other, you know I'm a Cuomo sexual, and not just for your brother. First of all, that's a cheap that's shot. It. Christopher Cuomo. Cuomo. There's nothing worse than when you're gone. Christopher Cuomo. Cuomo. And when you curse, it turns me on. Don't tell Anderson or Don Lemon, but you're my favorite show. So thanks for all you do. 
goes out to all you other God. Cuomo sexuals out there. Wow. Wow. It kind of reminded me of Grease. That had a very Grease feel to it. Mm-hmm. It's, right. it's uh, basically... And I don't mean because they was Italian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Grease was... Oh. Oh. Well, uh, congratulations wow. to, uh, to, to Lavish and, and Rob. They're, uh, they're facing off in the finals. That's fucking awesome. Match. Round three, final. Choose your fighter. <laughs> oh shit, that's me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> Doctor Doctor Jill Biden with the coin flip. I choose right. you, Doctor Jill. Uh my beautiful Doctor Jill, Doctor Jill Biden, <laughs> Master of Education, and according to Whoopi Goldberg, should be the. Uh, Surgeon what's General? It called? The Surgeon General. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gosh. Stupid. If only we were so lucky. Uh, did you know, fellas, that Jill Biden was at one point the second lady of the United States when Joe Biden was the vice president under a certain man named Barack Obama? And, uh, bill. you remember that? It was a long time ago, but it, it did happen, I think, at one point. And, uh, they, they had a, you know, they had a tight bond, these people. The, the, it was reported that, that, uh, Obama and Biden, you know, they were just the best of friends. Just the best. And it turns out that Jill. Insurance policy. You, know, you never know. <laughs> if I go down, you're going down with me, motherfucker. Um, the, the friendship between Michelle and uh or Michael or whatever you want to call Wait, him. Yeah, 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 exactly. Michael. And uh and uh Jill was very strong as well and apparently they had a lot of girl talk and uh they're very tight and they talk uh extensively about the bromance between their husbands. Uh, if you could please play Jill Biden for Michael Obama. The Obama and Biden families are about to leave office after 8 years and so Sandra Sobrei Westfall and I sat down with Michelle Obama and Dr. Jill Biden in Michelle Obama's office in the White House. All of these eight years, I have watched the relationship between Jill Biden and Michelle Obama and been really curious about it because we've never seen a first lady and second lady be so obviously, genuinely girlfriends. Here we are in the first lady's office. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Um, Mrs. Obama, you have said of your friendship, we've been silly together, we've cried a lot. Is there a particular memory that you both have from the Joining Forces initiative that you're going to carry with you? Ooh, there are so many yeah. moments. It's yeah. hard, you know, I remember the baby shower that we did. Uh, with Martha Stewart. Right? Oh, yeah. We and, for military moms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, oh, how about the boys this summer? Oh, that was good. That was a lot of fun to be on set. Yeah, that was fun. Um, 
I didn't know if they were really close friends. I didn't know if they were best friends in the world. And it turns out they have an incredibly close relationship. And the thing that struck me about both of them is they're both very, very funny. What's the first lady like as a travel companion? <laughs> She's fun. She's a lot of fun. I think our staffs get along yeah. well together and we just get on the plane and have a little wine. I, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> you tell them about the wine. Now we can yeah, tell them about the wine. They're almost done. There are no more rules. Yeah. Like we are drunk wine. on the plane. Yeah. These people are crazy. Put on some well, music. Jill is a... Uh, Oftentimes, she's grading papers, which is always yeah. funny because I forget, oh, yeah, you have a day job. <laughs> and then she pulls out her papers, and she's so diligent. I was like, look yeah. at you. You have a job. Tell me. Tell me what it's like. What has it been like? So she's always got papers to grade. So when yeah. she finishes her homework, then we can we can talk. We can play. <laughs> we can do girl talk. Yeah. We have to ask the bromance between your husbands. Oh, is that hysterical? Yeah, yeah they're so Oh, cute. my God. What, what <laughs> are they going to do when they leave? I know. They're going to find each other. <laughs> they're going to be eating ice cream they're somewhere, I'm sure. They'll find each other yeah. together, together, looking yeah. into Friendly. each other's eyes. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you, too. So is that real? Are those memes real, like the, the, the two of well, them? Well, not the words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those are made-up words. I couldn't get them to admit that Joe Biden really wanted to leave whoopee cushions all over the house for Donald Trump, but I tried. But you know what? That has become a truly beautiful friendship. Yeah. And I don't think we've really seen a lot of that, yeah. and especially in politics. But mm-hmm. I think they really love one another. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Just like they have we their, do. They have their lunches together, and when yes. Barack comes home, he's like, I had lunch with Joe today. Yeah, yeah and that's, you know... About. And there's real joy yeah. in the fact that I got to have lunch with Joe, and... Jesus Christ, dude! Michelle's a bigger douchebag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we we yeah. could do Michelle down the road. Oh, so fun! Isn't it so fun? She's like, "You have a job. What's it like? What's it like to have a yeah. job?" Well, Spencer in the chat pointed out like just the word wine, and then ha 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 ha! God, and then uh, I saw there was a couple good. Uh, Troll room comments that clip prompted. Sir Bimro said Michelle and Jill had to keep their relationship on the download because the Democrats frown on heterosexuality. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're in the minority now, you know. Yeah. And uh, NetNed says eating ice cream is that code. Unfortunately, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They, they ordered ice cream and hot dogs from Chicago through the certain channels, you know. $65,000 worth of ice cream, if you know what I mean. We got almond sauce. <laughs> yeah, some ice cream. I'd like a cherry on top, please. Mm-hmm. And ice cream, hot pockets, and honey buns, and ice cream, honey buns. All right. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for old good old honey bun. If I'm in a, in a, in a, in a do you eat six of them while you're making store? breakfast? <laughs> when I go to a bodega, first thing I look for is the honey bun. <laughs> I uh, I toured with a dude bun. that hiked the uh, Appalachian Trail, and honey buns were his favorite snack because they were so packed with calories for how light they are. Oh yeah, and you can that ride; makes, you can go a long sense. way. Yeah, that and a couple mm. beers, and you've had like twelve Big Macs <laughs> or ten fish tacos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't need to eat that much. I ate a honey bun. <laughs> wow. All right. My friends call me Honey Bun. Any any final uh, thoughts on Jill before we move to Brian Stelter? 
Uh, I think that's it for good old Dr. Jill. All right. Um, uh, I don't have times in front of me. Stelter School Face Reality. How long is that clip? Uh, let's see. Uh, just go with buck, that one, buck 40. Yeah, let's do that one. Stelter School Face Reality. Barbara putting, King was putting, armed uh, uh, Hold on one second. Uh, let me set it up. This is his special where they're inserting CNN into the school curriculum. And how proud he is of that. Barbara King wants to arm this eighth grade class. All right. So today's topic is misinformation. With the tools they will need in a world of information saturation. And there is a lot to learn. Just imagine trying to make sense of all of this as a teenager. Now we go to imposter content. What does imposter mean? As the web becomes even more of a wild west every day, the students here at PS207 in Queens, New York, know that they need these lessons. A lot of students have social media, and if they're looking at stuff that is, like, wrong and just telling everyone that, that it's right, and they're just giving everyone false information. Why the initial impulse to teach about this? She uses curriculum from the News Literacy Project, a nonpartisan education nonprofit. Founder Alan Miller oh, says these lessons are now used like by more communist. than 37,000 educators. The goal is to equip future generations of savvy news consumers. So ultimately, news literacy is about something bigger. It's about basic critical thinking skills. Correct. Correct. How do you try to connect those dots? When they start realizing, I can utilize these skills in anything that I do. After the class, students told me the lessons hit close to home. Do any of you feel like you try to correct friends or family now based on what you've learned? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, like when COVID first started, like my family like thought that, wow, this is a hoax. But then I'm like, this is real. Like people are really dying, getting sick from it. I really just wanted to believe oh, wow. that it was fake, you know, because I didn't want that to really happen to me. But it was real and it just changed everyone's lives, honestly. Maybe that gets to the motivations of you, you want to believe right something, but Not a joke. you to face reality head on. <laughs> Take it easy, champ. Why don't you stop talking for a while? Maybe sit the next couple plays out. You know what I mean? God. <laughs> so, so there he is, you know, going into the schools, and he's got a mask on while he's doing this and talking, doing his interview with the mask on. It's really just dumbassery at its finest. Um, the second one, they're talking about the Parkland school shooting. And I just like the words he uses to describe what we have to stop because it applies to CNN. Uh, he could be talking about CNN or MSNBC, but he's not. And he's talking about, you know, Fox News, which is basically on the same side as those organizations too, all funded by pharma. So this is pre-pandemic Stelter. Start, Stelter Parkland disinformation. These people will do anything uh, to avoid addressing the real These issues people. here and avoid talking about guns and about mental health and other issues. Uh, Allison, what you just heard on screen, I think it's a form of pollution. I think about it as a form of pollution, just like the kind of smoke that comes out of a factory. And it, and it poisons the environment for all of us. The people that live closest to the factory and consume all the pollution, they suffer the most. But our society as a whole suffers when these kinds of outlandish, sick theories are spread. And and this raises a question for the press about what to do. Do we ignore it? I know a lot of people say we shouldn't even talk about these theories. We should just let them live over on YouTube where, where, where they are. Yeah. I don't think that's the right answer anymore because 
If you ignore the pollution that's up in the atmosphere, you're not helping to make it any better. You may not be making it worse, but you're not helping to make it any better. I think all of us as news consumers, as journalists, uh, politicians, technology companies, everybody has a role to play to try to solve this pollution problem. My what? God, are you still talking? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, final clip is is because uh, we made it this far. His final send-off, sign-off on reliable sources as it he got fired, but they let him do one more piggly-wiggly squeal, and here it is. Oh, this is I like, yeah, that's perfect. We, we did a full circle on this journey with Stelter here. And that's the watchword here. Oh, wait, I, I was playing sign-off, not thanks, right? No, sign-off. Sign-off is the one. Okay. Thanks gotcha. is in the middle. And that's the watchword here. Accountability. So this show's going away, but there's going to be so many more. We need to have room for media criticism and debate and discussion, and we will. So much of the media ecosystem in 2022 is garbage, but so much of it is spectacular. The hard part sorting out the treasure from the trash. These are thorny, <laughs> complicated things. I know I didn't, never had all the answers. I didn't even always have all the questions. But it was the gift of a lifetime to get to confront these issues on international television with the backing of CNN. Here's what I do know. I know it's not partisan to stand up for decency and democracy and dialogue. It's not partisan to stand up to demagogues. It's required. It's patriotic. We must make sure we don't give platforms to those who are lying to our faces. But we also <laughs> must make sure we are representing say. the full yeah, get your of vaccine. and representing what's going on in this country and in this world. That's why CNN needs to be strong. That's why I believe CNN will always be strong. You, you viewers at home, it's on you. CNN must remain strong. I know the 4,500 staffers are going to do their part to make it stronger than ever. But it's going to be on you to hold CNN accountable. And not just CNN. you got to hold your local paper accountable. you got to hold your local digital outlet accountable. It's on all of us. We are all members of the media, all helping to make it better. That's yeah. what I believe. I can't wait to be watching CNN, seeing what happens in the future. I'm going to be rooting for it. I want CNN to be strong. I believe America needs CNN to be strong. I believe the free world needs CNN to be strong. And it will continue to be. Because all of us are going to help make that happen. The free world needs a reliable source. So, for reliable sources, for the last time, I'm Brian Stelter. Thanks for being with us. Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Well, you should be because you are dirt. Loser. You're a loser. One guy there like, yeah. All right. I think that was Stephen King. (laughs) Too bad there's a a music bed so you can't go and ISO that. (laughs) Oh, I know. That one clap. Oh, the music oh, bed's kind of good, though. It kind of fits with it. There's just one guy going, yay. <laughs> oh, God, man. Well, is it time for the last poll and the last phone line opening of the night? I uh Yeah, unless, Rob, you have anything else. No, that was it. I mean, I've got a, a clip. If if Stelter wins, I've got a bonus clip. So. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> well, here we go, then. Uh, right. Let's find out. The polls are live, everybody. Woohoo! It's our final, oh, yeah, Dude. final round. Fight! Ready? Go! Oh boy! Round three, final. You can also give us a call. 
I know that we yeah. haven't been striking too many of those. Eight six five four six five six five two one. Six two You know, uh, I started we... hearing the delay between our voices, and I'm like, "What number am I on?" <laughs> we uh, eight while... six five four six five six two seven one. While we wait, I I could entertain y'all with a side on uh, Wake Forest new uh, COVID vaccination requirements for their school program. <laughs> All faculty. Oh, your uh, your pulse has twenty three hours left. <laughs> oh shit! Ah, uh, damn it! Well, those twelve folks, it gonna be a, it it's gonna be a long night, boy. Yeah, sorry I'll, about that. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Fucked it up in the last one. Sleeping bag. Well, it's uh, it's live again, Never everybody. Been. My apologies. All right, recount. God damn it. You lost all hey, those. That's not, not that bad. That, you could have like accidentally let somebody's phone number play live on the air. This is uh, this is going to go into recountville. I think we're going to have a um, a contested election. <clears throat> It'll be a worthy fight. It is a worthy opponent, Doctor. Fightly <laughs> worthy opponent. Nice work. <laughs> Not even I Jill Biden's final form. Now, you fucking stupid bastard. <laughs> Jack Servo said, Servo said you voted wrong. Do it again. like the EU. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm not Are you happy in the troll yet. room or just on the on the no agenda social? I'm, I'm on no agenda. Uh, Gummy nurse said, "Well done. You've created a new wave of election deniers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the controversy is deep. It runs deep." Who doesn't like a little oh. election uh, or voting manipulation? It's the hot new trend. That's right. We gotta we gotta prevent this from happening again. <laughs> Is this the Diebold yeah. voting system? What are we using here? <laughs> so somber. Playing the set. Is this the credit set piano and violin? I, I just have oh. to say, the work that Nesswork did with uh, so. with Brian Stelter, I, I keep looking at it, and I'm like, this motherfucker put <laughs> Jared on here. But I know that it's not him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, there's a, there's a reason AJ, like, put Bogle and him up side by side, like, on InfoWars, because you look at them and they have the same smile, like, that you yeah. were talking about, do that creepy-ass smile, like, eh. It's creepy. You gotta watch this, the Michael, whatever his name, Michael Wolf interview, like, he asked the question, and then just immediately the smile pops up, and it's like, that is creepy, why is he doing that? Why is he smiling? And he's holding it for a long time, it's <laughs> totally, totally disgusting. But that's what we uh Have we ever seen yeah. him and Jared in the same room? Is it, did he like leave a dummy in the prison? Only with the same children. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's right. Call I McCulley. Can't believe what you just said. Election deniers. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. New uh new Nestworks art just dropped. Brian Stelter in the yeah. hat and Jill in the taco. Yeah, no, it looks badass. I already upvoted it, I think. Yes, I did. Download that. Yes, please. Let me know when we're douchebag madness. 30 seconds. 
I love this uh, this song. This is so appropriate. I think it, I think it really uh, so final brings everybody to the same realization of the scope of douchebaggery that we're dealing with in these final times. Why are you yelling? You like Huey Lewis in the news? Still throw uncomfortable stories over this. <laughs> You're awkward. How long do we have? Because that might affect the vote. No, cool. no that's not uh, one minute. One minute. Uno minuto. If we, if we play, I, 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 I'll pl- I'll play it. I, I think I'll we have a runaway douchebag going. It's. Uh, I think we got it. Uh, I think Stelter's got it wrapped. I think it's up. happening. Yeah, unless. Uh, oh, oh no! Don't 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 spoil it for everyone. No, it's seven. This is true. It's seventy thirty. You can still vote, people. Fifty nine seconds left. That's right. Please. This has been long. For, How long? Give have us been your on? vote Since today. Like Four fifteen or something. Yeah, it's been about three hours, I guess. My wife's like, you said you were just going on a podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> this is no ordinary you podcast. You start laughing for no reason. <laughs> oh, God. Now you Somebody's calling in. Done. Caller, you're late. Caller, 30 seconds. Late. 30 seconds. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to throw in there that I, when I looked up Jared Fogel, get the picture that I posted with IRC, um, there's a video on YouTube that says, whatever happened to Gerald Fogel, the subway guy? <laughs> well, strap in. Uh, <laughs> and and it's probably one of those robot voice videos. V- VH1's Where Are They Now? <laughs> Feel old yet? Everyone remembers Jared Fogo. He's in Pound Me in the Ass Federal Prison. I met Gerald probably about five years ago, seven years ago or so. All right, caller, who'd you vote for? Um, I voted twice. What? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> voted, of them. I voted twice, but I voted well, for... You, you, you voted in both elections. <laughs> I voted twice, but yeah. I voted for one of each of them, so it canceled out. Well, we, uh, I voted for Brian Belcher both times. So. Yeah, he is a douchebag. Well, well, Brian. All right, who won? Let's get the... Uh, it was kind results. of an easy, an easy pick. Final results. Survey says the champion is sixty-five percent of the vote with thirty-four people. Brian Stelter, you are you are our douchebag. Wow! Incredible. <laughs> Today's top douche. Douchebag. Mega douche. Mega douche. Mega douche. Yeah, he's a mega douche. <laughs> a mega douche. Brian. Oh, oh, so. oh! Look, we have we have accepting the award for Brian Stelter on behalf of Brian Stelter is uh, the top clip AJ on Stelter. Oh, all right. Perfect. <laughs> I would literally. I would literally not be able to finish my dinner if some, if somebody walked over and talked to me that looked like these two guys. And I'm sorry. 
They're not just lying anti-American scumbags that want to run us all on the ground because they're little men. They're pieces of crap. They think they're better than everybody. That's what it's about. It's a spirit of evil, and we must break them. <laughs> I've tried to do joke photos like this to look disingenuous, and I can make any face I want to. I can't pull it off because the eyes, Chico, Oh my gosh. Oh, hell on earth. He wants to run your life. He wants to control every aspect of your life because he knows he is a cowardly, degenerate sack of anti-human trash. I pledge before my heavenly father that I, 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 that I will resist them every way I can. These people are the literal demon spawn of the pit of hell. Look at him. And you know what? He is better than you if you keep letting him run your life. He runs your kids. He runs the schools. He runs the banks. This guy, this spirit, this smiling, leering devil that thinks you can't see what he is. He is your enemy. Period. All the narcissistic devil worshiping filth. I see you, enemy. I see you, enemy. 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 You are my enemy. And I swear total resistance to you with everything I've got. <laughs> Disingenuous, fake, false, broke back, twisted. <laughs> a defiler, a betrayer, a backstabber, a devil! You will pay. Yeah, you think I don't see your face, scum? You don't think I don't see you, Stelter? I see you, you understand me? I know what you think of me and my family. I see you right back. You understand that? You understand that, Stelter? Wow. That's wow, pretty wow, good. Wow. What'd you think of that call? Man has a way with words. Was, yes. Was he talking about the Pope or Brian Stelzer? <laughs> hey, we've never seen them two together in the same room. It could be the same guy. <laughs> good All right. I bet you now Jared gonna, and the Pope have a lot in common. I'm going to do. I'm going to do. Uh, <laughs> and do and Michael Obama. <laughs> oh, they hang uh, out. I think I can, yeah, I'm going to make this happen since you, since you asked for it. Think. Oh, yes. Do I've it. been thinking so much about this lately. The, the, some of the biggest stories in the world barely ever register as news. Certainly the climate crisis is getting more and more attention. But you think about homelessness. You think about uh, you know, the, the, the inability for future generations to own and invest and own homes. And all of these economic conditions... Because they happen slowly, because we have drip, drip, drip things that are happening in this world, they don't get the attention that the sudden burst of, uh, from the fire hose does. How do we fix that, Carl? How do we make sure that the, the most important stories actually are treated like they're news? Like, how do we make sure it's news? We need to cover it, even if it's not sexy. It goes to everything okay. you mentioned. Climate what if it's, change, what if it's, what if it's uncomfortable? What, what if it is uncomfortable? What if there is pressure not to do it, Carl? What if it is scary? I mean, I mean, I'm just I'm playing devil's scary. advocate so you can tell us, guide us as journalists, what to do.
Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verified information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because you know, figures like really Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, like we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, even more much bigger than any single platform page. But that's what is the heart of this. CNN's ratings would be in the toilet without Donald Trump. You know that's not true. You're, you're, you're playing for laughs. You've lived through enough presidencies to know Hold on there a will second, be more presidents. Brian. What were the ratings before Trump and what are the ratings now? I would say uh, we might be up 20, we might be up 30%, we might be up 40%. If we go back down 40%, that's okay too. Uh, well, it may not be. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> no, but hold on. I, I reject the premise that these networks are making so much money off of Trump and thus we, we benefit from oh. it. I, Good job. That was, you that feel, was a you class, bad classy. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't. Not at all. <laughs> somehow, Not at all. This, somehow I loathe him the, more. <laughs> <laughs> the firing oh, of the nanny is the worst clip, I think. I, I think the firing bad. of the nanny for not getting the vaccine. Like, okay, okay. this is so a nanny is somebody who's in your house working with your kids. So it takes a while to develop that relationship. And they're just like, no, you won't get the vaccine. Get the fuck out of here. You think somebody who's you trust to watch your children, if they had a reason they weren't doing this, you'd be like, well, maybe they have a reason. Oh, I'm funded by a drug company. They said to take it. So I'm just going to listen to the drug company. I mean, it's it's wild. But and that's then how, not only to that's fire how your nanny, but to tell that story to make you think you're making yourself sound good is the even crazier part. Exactly. <laughs> the virtue behind it. Totally. It's, it's I think disgusting. that's pretty douchey, but hey, whatever. If you got a body like that, I'd fucking tweet it out every day. <laughs> well, well gentlemen, I gotta go put my kids yeah. to bed. So this is a nice long one. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I was about to uh, wrap, her, wrap her up, but thank you so much, Rob, for uh, hanging out with us. And, yeah, and, thanks, uh, Rob. Congratulations, awesome. too. Congrats. Not often you know, I just want to point out. Comes out on top. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, this episode of Grunions has a podcaster getting arrested, just like we saw with Gavin uh, McInnes the other day. So, yes, check it out at Grunions on YouTube. I was about to say that Grunions will be linked in the show notes as always. Season two is still ongoing. Uh, it's good, good, uh, it's a fun puppet show, fun for the whole family. And, uh, yeah, it's good. What do you call those things? Those little grabber? I don't know what they're called. I used to Grunions. Have, that's actually what they're called? Because I used to have some of those as a kid. That's what they're called now. Okay. <laughs> no, but it's great. Uh, yes, and Alan Grunion is uh, your partner in the crime on that, right? Hey, Alan, come say something to the, the crowd. I'd like to thank everyone for coming out and playing Battle of the Douchebags. <laughs> uh, that's all you had to say. Uh, but later, Alan. See you later. <laughs> thank you, Alan. Uh, thanks, Rob. Um, obviously... In Band Up Video Infowars, you got a channel on Band Up Video. Uh, yeah. Dues News. Super, Dues, at Dues News on No Agenda Social as well. Yeah, set on uh, yes. Band Up Video. And Grunions. Anything else? That's it. I had fun. That was great, guys. Thanks for hanging, man. Yeah. And uh, you did win. So, Episode 9, the first eight douchebags, winning douchebags, go head-to-head. We might have to have you, if you can't make it to that, send in some stelter commentary that we can play of you on the shows. Because you're going to be, you're automatically now 
roped in to uh, having Stelter <laughs> yes. in the You've just signed a binding contract. Oh, oh I thought this. it was a one-time deal. i got to keep doing this? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Only if you win. Only if you win. So. You should have sabotaged yourself. Well, there's there. definitely some Stelter I left on the table. All right. <laughs> it's hard not to. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll see you, Rob. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. What a man, right? And, of course, Rob behind dude. the schemes tomorrow night. That's right. Catch Booberry and myself on Behind the Schemes every Monday night. It'll be tomorrow. 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central over at badradio.live. Yes, indeed. I want to thank uh, all the people listening, voting, trolling in the troll room, all the people that uh, called in, and all the people that didn't call in. Thank uh, Sir Vito again for his uh, dollar douchebag pledge that you can also make by going to shitmyass.com and going to the donate button. And, uh, shit. What else? Oh, yeah. Then uh, Sir Pimrose, Adam and John, everybody else that uh, made it happen. Y'all, the original charge of the first section was was not douche, but but yeah, now it's all kind of just melting into a big douchebag. <laughs> What's going on? You know, this is a really, really unusual day. TV networks rarely have a show like this, a show all about the media. And networks, even more rarely, cancel a show but still let it have one more live episode. I don't know if I've ever seen this happen before, okay? So here we are, together in a super strange situation. So let's talk about it, okay? The phenomenal Reliable Sources producing team has been working around the clock on this special hour ever since Thursday. No one from CNN management has reviewed my script ahead of time. They have no idea what I want to say. And as the control room very well knows, I typically go off script anyway, so I want to thank a few people and then tell you what's on my mind. You want a piece of me, bitch? Come on, bitch. Prepare for pain. You decided to leave sober living because it was beneath you. That's not you said true. it was dirty. It was like a sorority house. It was loud. I wasn't sleeping. And for me, that's the first thing to go. And that's what causes me to start drinking. Right. We have you in front of the... Uh, commode at three in the afternoon down on your knees and her yelling over your shoulder are you drunk already it's three in the afternoon what were you doing then probably drinking instead of being at the sober living facility yeah or Why? At a, or at a meeting what? i don't know listen i'll give you a few minutes to point out what a worthless bitch she is in a minute okay oh i'm not saying okay. she's a worthless bitch. no yes you are actually and do not insult my intelligence by I'm, trying to I'm think not. that i don't understand how derogating your comments are when you make them i am not a fool I have to warn you, some of this footage that you're about to see is clearly inappropriate for young viewers. Please ask your children to leave the room. And I'm serious. You really don't want your kids watching this. And it's not going to be fun for you to see it. But we have to be aware of what's floating around out there and what our kids have access to. Okay, here is Ty 
defending his bum fights video. Smack him in the forehead with I see homeless people as talent. When I go out in the streets, I'm looking for talent. I can smell it. I am doing a service to the homeless people. I'm turning these people into something special. I'm motivating them, inspiring them. I believe our customers are infatuated with watching our videos because there's a lot of people that are addicted to violence. They want to see homeless people doing crazy things. It's something that this world needs. For example, one guy, he was a crackhead and his teeth were bothering him. So we got him a pair of pliers and we ripped one of his teeth out. And he just wanted a bottle of JD. There are lines that I don't cross. I don't do hardcore porn and I don't deal with death footage. We don't just sit there and give them our pocket change and say good luck. We put them to work. There was a homeless guy. We said, what would you do if we gave you some money? He said, I'd eat a raw frog. So we went to the Asian market, got a raw frog, and he ate it on the sidewalk. We paid him 20 bucks. I've made multi-millions off the Bum Fights video series. I'm not surprised at my success. It's a sick world. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. I don't want to talk to you. Why not? That's despicable. I don't want to talk to you. You can go. You can go. If you if you think if you if you think I exploit people, every time you bring a guest on this show, you exploit them and spread whatever the problems they have to the whole world. You think that's helping them? Yeah, keep telling yourself that. You can go. Uh, you know what? Who do you think you are, huh? Bye. Hey, bud, come on. Huh? Come on, come on. No, I'm not finished talking on, to you. Come on, come on. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Come on. Let's go. Sorry, but I just watched that footage, and that is absolutely despicable, and I refuse to publicize that. I'm just not going to do it. He clearly could not have a serious dialogue about this ridiculous topic. I think what I saw on these screens is absolutely despicable. I think it's deplorable, and I think it is an insult to my intelligence and those of my viewers for somebody to stand up and say, I'm trying to help people by doing this. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall, best known for her starring role as Wendy in The Shining, appeared on The Dr. Phil Show in 2016 on an episode called From Hollywood Star to Near Isolation. A controversial promo video was released several weeks before the episode aired. From red carpet to near recluse. I loved Robin Williams. I don't think he's dead. Where do you think he is? Shape-shifting. Do you see him? Yes, yes. Will you let me get you to the doctor so you can get checked out? If you so much as attempt to get my moon mole, I'll you. Broadcasting a single out-of-context statement in a 30-second clip is cruel in so many ways. This is a woman who worked with Robin for years, was extremely close to him, and is clearly still grieving his loss. Considering the fact that McGraw has a PhD in clinical psychology, he of all people should know that everyone processes grief differently. McGraw could have used this as a teaching moment for his audience, but instead he used it for views, all at the expense of a mentally ill woman. Actress Mia Farrow and producer Vivian Kubrick 
banded together in their support for Duval and publicly boycotted the show on social media. He was acting the entire fucking time like he was trying to help her rather than completely exploiting this famous actress who's now in like, you know, this mental condition. It's just, it was, it was, I don't, I don't, how do people, how do you still sit down and watch that guy's fucking show? Fuck that guy and everything he's fucking connected to. Jesus, you don't have enough fucking money, you cunt. You don't drag enough fucking penniless people onto your fucking show. You don't have enough honey boo boo people coming on your fucking show. You got to do that. Now hell with your feelings. Everybody with their feelings. I'm obese. My kids are bad. Help me, help me. Just shut up. Why can't I fix anyone? I'm so dumb and worthless. Mama was right. Mama was right. Hey, hey, hey. Pull yourself together. You're a brilliant doctor. Not exactly. What? I just tell people to get real. I'm not even a psychologist. I'm an electrician. Everything they did to wear me down and basically get me and me being the problem to, to go away, they did. Trans football player Hannah Mouncy on her latest blow-up with the AFL. They have an idea of what female athletes should look like. I think they would be embarrassed to be associated with me. The treatment the AFL's given me has been pretty shit. Um, look, everything they did was very, very calculated. You know, they don't want me involved. They never wanted me to involved and they never wanted me to play. So, you know, I mean, if they everything they did to wear me down and basically get me and me being the problem to, to go away, they did. Lisa Watson knows better than most what Hannah's going through. She's a doctor who specialises in transgender health issues and is also a transgender athlete. After two years of hormone replacement therapy, she says Hannah's body has no residual benefits from her time as a male. You know, it just it was one of those things I think it was the right decision for the time. Um, doesn't mean it's forever, but for this year I've decided to withdraw. Okay. So I guess the issue was I think I think they were measured on testosterone levels and and probably height and weight ratios. Yeah, and as strength, well. which had a passed the testosterone level thing easily. Okay. Um, I think she should totally be allowed to play. It's not that she's being banned. You know, last year they said she couldn't enter the draft. This year she's withdrawn her nomination. So she's made a ruling before the AFL has had a chance to come out and say yes or no. It's really disappointing, you know. If she's met all the criteria, I don't understand why they've clearly made life so difficult for her behind the scenes that she's got to the point where she's like, I can't do this. It's taking too much of a toll on me. You know, sport is about inclusiveness. They've got a gender diversity policy we should be encouraging this. This was a chance for the AFL to lead, and instead they've just been cowards and said no comments. Pathetic. All I'm doing is being myself, which, you know, you'd hope 99% of the population are able to do every day, and play football, which people have done in Australia for 150 years. You know, those two things combined shouldn't be a huge issue. At six foot two and weighing 100 kilos, the Australian Football League has ruled that Hannah is too powerful to play in its elite women's competition. Good hands, Hannah, great hands. Because she was once a man. I obviously don't agree with what the AFL has done. You know, there's a dozen girls within a couple of centimetres of my height, so I certainly wasn't the tallest. There is a chorus of opinion 
that believes that you've made this change because it's easier to be an elite athlete? No one would, in their right mind would do that. But look, when I transitioned, I, I'd absolutely, I thought I knew, but I had absolutely no idea what I was getting myself into. Absolutely none. You know, I, I lost pretty much all my friends. Bloody hard to get a job. And it's really difficult to find somewhere to live. All I'm doing is being myself, which, you know, you'd hope 99% of the population are able to do every day and play football, which people have done in Australia for 150 years. You know, those two things combined shouldn't be a huge issue. At six foot two and weighing 100 kilos, the Australian Football League has ruled that Hannah is too powerful to play in its elite women's competition. Good hands, Hannah, great hands. Because she was once a man. I obviously don't agree with what the AFL has done. You know, there's a dozen girls within a couple of centimetres of my height, so I certainly wasn't the tallest. Hannah, what did you make of Fina's decision? Uh, Look, it was an interesting one. Uh, Sort of came from nowhere. Normally you hear about these things a bit beforehand, but a blanket ban uh, is very, very strong and I think really unnecessary because it's painting something which a lot of people have acknowledged is a very grey area and decided that it's black and white. And that's it's a really difficult place to be in, particularly uh, deciding that basically if you haven't transitioned by the time you're 12, you can't compete. Uh, so it, all I can say is it's interesting. It's, it's not great. Uh, well, they, they're proposing to create an open category for trans athletes. Do you have any idea how that would work? I don't think it would work, if I'm honest. And part of the reason is if it's an open category... Uh, I don't know that trans people are actually going to be able to compete, for one, because all that's going to happen is, say, for example, you know, Australia has first and second qualify for the 100 metres at our national championships. They're just going to send third and fourth and compete in that. I mean, that's what I would do. But also, trans athletes, you know, who are they going to compete against? There's not that many of us. Trans people have been really, really uh, made to feel as though sport's not a welcoming space for the last, uh, you know, for as long as we've been around, really. And so I don't know in this instance, Leah Thomas, who I'm sure, you know, let's not beat around the bush. That's who this ruling is there for. Uh, She's not going to have anyone to compete against in all likelihood. So there's a lot of reasons why it wouldn't work. But those two are the two that stand out to me. Do you accept that a trans athlete does have an advantage over other competitors? No, not at all. Um, And I think people... Look, the thing with this debate, and it shouldn't even be a debate, is it's been very politicised. If it came down to the actual science of it, uh, there'd be no debate and trans people would be competing. And you can look at the IAAF and what they've done. And, you know, they did research into testosterone deprivation uh, in regards to Carsten Semenya, who's intersex. And what they came back with was that testosterone deprivation provided such an impact uh, on her performance that they essentially said to her, you know, if you want to run, you've got to lower your testosterone, but then you're fine. The same research, if you apply it to trans people, they turn around and say the data isn't in. Nice to see you again. Nice to be here again. It's been uh, nearly two damn years since you and I talked. They've been tumultuous. The last time I was here, I had a president who had just given me a National Medal of the Arts thing, which we argued over. Yeah. And now we've got a president who blocked me on Twitter. (laughs) Except... 
The court says he can't block anybody. So my question is, do I really want to follow that guy? I don't think so. You got the opportunity now. But now wait, wait, so when did he block you? He blocked me about eight or nine months ago. It's been a long time. It's hard what to What did remember. you do, Stephen King? What did you do to that good man that hurt his feelings so much that he felt the only way to defend himself was through your harsh and hurtful words? Was to block well, you on Twitter. I might have said he had his head somewhere where a certain yoga position would be necessary to get it there. And that was it, man. That was it. I don't think he could do it. I don't think he could do it. Now, did you strike back? How did you strike back? Well, I blocked him from seeing my next movie, which was it. So, no balloons for Donald Trump. Wow. Have you ever blocked anybody? Yes, I blocked Donald Trump. You blocked Trump? I did. The whole administration? No, actually, I blocked Mike Pence, too. You know, because... Whatever Donald said, Mike Pence would come out and say, that's right, exactly. Uh, this one is about uh, certain children taken away from parents and, mm-hmm. and locked up. Right. Nothing like that would ever happen. No. In Not in these United States. No, no, no. Um, uh, did the world influence you? Did our present political situation influence you in, in, in writing this book? Well, before the, 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 I started writing that, uh, that was not on the front burner, the idea of interning children at the border. But uh, the times, ever since Donald Trump has been elected president, have been extremely nervous-making for a lot of people. And that was on my mind, too. And uh, the whole thing about uh, everybody from Mexico, it seemed like, in Mr. Trump's mind, anyway, were bad hombres and that sort of thing. You, you don't write. A, I, I try to keep my politics and my stories separate, but they bleed over one into the other because I also live a life, and uh, these have been kind of dark times. You, do you still block the president on Twitter? Uh, yes. <laughs> because. Because, you know, I have a fairly high tolerance for crap, but there comes a certain point where you got to just turn it off. Cut it off before you need a snorkel. That's exactly right. Welcome to Hard Talk. I'm Stephen Sacker. Millions of readers all over the world are drawn to fiction that explores our fears horror sells and no one does it better or more prolifically than my guest today Stephen King he's written more than 60 books sold close to 400 million copies he is the master manipulator of dark places and the paranormal if you're not a reader you may have seen The Shining Carrie Stand By Me all films based on his stories he's been writing for half a century how has our appetite for fear evolved. Stephen King in Florida, welcome to Hard Talk. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I wish we could do it in person. Me too. But nonetheless, it is a pleasure to see you on my screen. And let me begin by asking you about the the threat that we all, 
all over the world, in Florida, in the UK, all over the world are living with, and that is COVID-19. Has that invisible threat of the virus in any way dimmed your enthusiasm for writing fiction about dark places? I would have to say, actually, not, because uh, I've been in quarantine, sheltering in place for part of the time. Things have eased up a little bit, and I've managed to get my two vaccinations. Yay, me! <laughs> and uh, I'm not entirely protected yet, and I think that we all have to continue to take precautions. Chris Cuomo is shutting down his haters hard. I feel better than I deserve. The CNN anchor was diagnosed with COVID-19 nearly two weeks ago. I tested positive. Scared, yes, as you might imagine, but better me than you. And he's continued to film his show, Cuomo Primetime, out of his basement, where he's still in quarantine away from his wife and their kids. And a wife uh, and my kids, thank God, didn't have it. Look how lucky I got here. Chris recently shared this clip from his show to Instagram talking about Passover and the current global pandemic. The story of this holy day is more relevant to the secular reality of this entire country than perhaps it ever has been. The story of Passover is a literal passing over of the angel of death, right? He captioned the clip, quote, Passover in the age of another plague. The Jews were warned to mark their doors with blood, to avoid having the firstborn taken. It was the worst of the plagues. This pandemic is plague-like, okay? It is casting a shadow over everyone's door, and there is no mark that it seems to respect. Well, that's when one internet troll went in on Chris in the comments, writing, praying this plague take you out. Seriously? What the F, man? Rude. And Chris... He fired back with a clapback to end all clapbacks. Prepare for disappointment, punk. Punk. I haven't heard someone say punk since grade school, but I'm so here for it. Obviously, I love you as a brother. Obviously, I'll never be objective. Obviously, I think you're the best politician in the country. You've always been good at manipulation. You've always been the meatball of the family. I've seen you referred to a little bit recently as the love gov, and I'm wondering if that's bleeding into your demeanor at all, making you a little soft on the president. I called mom just before I came on this show. By the way... She said I was her favorite. She never said Good that. news is she said you were her second favorite. I know you like to run around with your ill-fitting jacket. Your appearance uh, suggests you ha- didn't have the best day. When it, your buttons are undone, your shirt is a little tattered and wrinkled. Uh, how are you doing? How's it going over there? Wasn't gr- it wasn't a great day, huh? First of all, that's a cheap shot. I've always been a soft guy. I am the love gov. I'm a cool dude in loose mood. You know that. I just say, let it go. Just go with the flow, baby. Not everybody likes you. Not everybody likes me. Ask me a tough question. Come on, ask me a tough question. I I have a few. Is it true that this was the swab that the nurse was actually using on you and that at first it went into your nose and disappeared so that in scale, this was the actual swab that was being used to fit up that double-barrel shotgun that you have mounted on the front of your pretty face. You violated the curfew all the time, caused much pain, but that's a different story. I don't believe in rules. That's a legitimate issue. I knew you would get to one sooner or later. God forbid you have money to buy gas yeah. or something like that whenever we're out on the boat. I know. You don't get yeah. any money. It well, doesn't go to personal God forbid. Aid. I get it. You're the 
Yeah, yeah. you're the one who sews his pockets closed. And you want to talk about me? Of course, I won't always be able to keep having you on the show. Uh, it'll never be seen as fair in people's eyes. And we both get that, and that's okay. But you're a great interviewer, by the way. Appreciate it. Learn from the best. I love you. But not that nose. I know Let you me love me deep down else. inside. I, no, I love you all the way on the outside. I think we saved tens of thousands of lives. But I did what was right. And you do what is right. You tell the truth. You get up every night and you tell the truth whether they like it or not. This is the truth the way you see it. He's my big brother. I love him. Of course, I'm not objective. Now, how about the gifts you gave everyone? Rats, bullets, a hog. Where did that come from? Don't forget the uh, anal beads. Who did you send anal beads to? The used condoms. Do not. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was... Step back, friend. You can't just say used condoms and we're just going to, like, forget... You know, it, I know it's a family show, but we can, Don't worry, we can but educate it, people here. At least they were used. Uh, Who did you send used condoms to? Oh, everybody. Um, maybe they didn't want to tell you. I was just reading that you you tend to always go very deep into your characters when you're preparing. So you had decided to make the contact lenses that obscured your vision? I really just work hard. I yeah. mean, there's really no mystery to it or there's nothing that special about the way that I work compared to anybody else. Some people, you know, they work on their lines. They listen to music. Okay, I'm ready for the scene. Some people focus or do this. Some people, you know, everyone has their 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 thing that they do i mean even you when you 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 uh write uh something i feel totally different you know some of the stuff that you do can go go viral or get written about especially with the joker you know some stuff just took on a life of its own and then most of it was total bullshit what exactly did people get wrong about the joker i mean i just think that there were some things that you know that were mentioned about like gifts and the fact that i was giving <laughs> used condoms to people which was not true we can say that right now that it is was not true, not true. <laughs> and what are you going to do at that moment you can't even it doesn't matter how loud you, you shout or hold up a sign you know with your pants off in times square people are going to go with the story that they want to run right uh and it just wasn't true you know i gave rap gifts to everyone and on set we were all laughing and people were thrilled to give them. They were given like, you know, whatever the Joker would give would, was, was the idea. Right. And, and, you know, I didn't even really put them together basically. It was, it was <laughs> my team and my assistant and we were all having fun with it. And it was really touching at the end of the set, you know, to go and give the gifts and we would film it and stuff and people would open up and they'd be laughing. There'd be like a, uh, you know, a porno magazine, like plus 60 or whatever, right. it, you know, whatever it'd be funny or, <laughs> It'd be like, uh, 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 you know, whatever would be absurd and outrageous. And for us, it was almost like an art project. Mm -hmm. We were like putting together in the trailer and to see it kind of taken and manipulated, taken out of context and to be made this really horrid thing. And then to have people speak about it like it was offensive when it was anything but it was, it was in good fun and, uh, and, and lighthearted and, um, and everything that it should should have sure. been uh and uh so so but that's that's the world we that's what the world we live in um um was i focused uh uh when i was doing the scenes and all of that of course yeah of course you're stepping into big shoes you, and yeah. look you work the way you work i'll work the way i work you can kiss my ass if you don't like it uh that i'm talking to the public you know
S N A six the number P A C K dot com. <laughs> oh God! Well, dummies, you just wasted another amount of your non-precious time listening to abs in a six-pack. When are you going to stop? You know, there's very few of you. If you, if this is like a hands-on-a-hard-body thing of trying to figure out who will be the last person to actually listen to this show, it's a lose-lose proposition. By the way, he asked me to do this. The head moron who makes the show. <laughs> ha! The secret is, I think he's the biggest moron of all. It would indicate... That you're bigger moron for listening to his show. However, I think somehow that's not true. He actually is a bigger moron than the rest of you. Anyway, go outside. Read a book. Ride a bike. Take a walk. Go walk a dog. Go kiss somebody. Whatever there is, I can think of one million things to do better than listen to this dumb crummy show. Abs in the six pack. Well, I bet for most of you, you're half right. <laughs> this is Master Shake. Do something with your lives. Today, Dr. Phil confronts the pain of an imperiled marriage. Next. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I hear there's a woman in the audience who's 92, and it's her birthday. Leela Bell Nolan, happy birthday. Wow, Leela Bell. What a great name. Okay, today we're going to get real with Dr. Phil. He's here to attempt to rescue a troubled relationship. And if anyone can get right to it, tell it like it is in your face. It's Dr. Phil. How are you doing today? I can't complain, Oprah. How are you doing? He can't complain. Why can't all men be as easy as this guy? Huh? I mean, seriously. Now, Ken and Dara Osborne are here. Dara feels something's missing from their marriage that's killing it. Is that right, Dara? Mm-hmm. Oprah? After nine years of marriage, um, a great sex life, and two beautiful children, I truly felt blessed. But last week, Ken did something to ruin our wedding anniversary that I don't know if I can forgive him for. And now our love seems lifeless. Ken, I'm going to show you where the rubber meets the road and assume that you want to get behind the wheel. Now, now your wife's in pain. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel bad. Uh-huh. I love her. I try to tell her that. But I can't seem to make her happy. Uh-huh. I don't know what her problem is. Oh. Buddy... Buddy, I got news for you. You don't want to hide a Mars bar in your sleeping bag when there's a bear outside the tent. Mm. A light bulb moment, Dr. Phil. Did y'all hear that? Yeah. Dara, Ken, I want you to turn your chairs, and I want you to face each other and look each other eye to eye. I want you to do that for me. I mean, folks, marriage isn't magic, folks. It's managed, okay? Now... Dara, I, I want you to describe the pain that Ken has caused you. Um, I feel unloved and unpretty. Like, I'm just, you know, going through the motions of being a wife and a mother. 
Is that all there is? You know? Now, Ken, tell, tell me why you look so darned upset right now. It's just because I love Dara so much. That's why I married her. I don't know. What is it? Oh. What the hell were you thinking? If mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Am I right? Please. Thank you. Ken, it's like this. You cannot eat at the Chinese buffet if there's no duck sauce. <laughs> You cannot eat at the Chinese buffet if there's no duck sauce. Dr. Phil, you are a modern-day Confucius. Look, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to accept my responsibility for whatever it is that I'm doing wrong. Oprah, Dr. Phil, can't you just help me and my wife be happy? Oh. Let, me, let me just speak to the audience for a second. Let me just speak to the audience for a second. When you're hungry for a corn dog... A midget with a butcher knife doesn't dance, does he? When you're hungry. I'm not hungry for a corn, for a dog. corn dog. I'm not hungry for a corn dog. Dr. Phil, I don't think he's hungry for a corn dog. Oprah, what I'm trying to say is if you want to get real, then don't put a horseshoe inside a pillow. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. My goodness. Dara. What are you feeling right now? Well, I feel, you know, last week we planned our ninth wedding anniversary dinner, and he was two hours late, uh -huh. and he didn't even call. Oh. I, was, I was late for dinner because I'm a fireman, okay? There was a fire. I was fighting a fire. I fell down a shaft, okay? Oh. I was in a shaft. Oh. You, you just don't get it, do you? You just don't get it. You're capable of saving complete strangers, but there's a fire right here. It's a four-alarm fire in your wife's heart. And you can't even slide down the pole, can you? Sounds to me like someone doesn't want to face it to replace it. Am I right, audience? Yeah. Tell it. Tell it, Dr. Phil. Ken, the horses are out of the barn, buddy. I don't... Do you have anything else to say? I don't get this. I was a little late for dinner. You just don't get it, I was it, late for dinner, okay? I was in a shaft. You just love to talk, don't you, buddy? I was just... You're all about excuses, aren't you? I was late to dinner, but... Yeah. Yeah. Honey, I'm sorry that I was late for dinner, but I want to make it up to you. I've got us tickets. Luxury tickets on a cruise to the Bahamas. The Bahamas. <laughs> the Bahama. You just don't get it, do you? You just don't get it. Dr. Phil, you've done it again. We'll be right back with Remembering Your Spirit after this. Out of all the years you've been doing your show and all the years you've been giving advice, how, how did this catch me outside girl? How did this happen? Oh, God. <laughs> But I mean, I, out of all the different go shows, <laughs> out of all the different shows, you made a monster. I know. I mean, it's my moment of infamy. <laughs> uh, you know, seriously, this girl comes on with her mother, <clears throat> and or her mother actually brings her on, of course, and it, it, she's a train wreck, and we work with her, and we send her to this ranch for like four months, right? She goes for a long time. 
I was 13 years old when I went to Turnabout Ranch. I feel like it's very important for me to speak on this because I kept my mouth shut for so long. I did touch on it a couple times in different situations, but I really want to get my whole story out there and let everything just be out because that's the thing with these places is you have no evidence. You don't have a phone there. They don't have cameras there. Like there's no evidence of none of this. And obviously all the staff is in on it. So they're not going to snitch on each other. All you really have is the kids that are there. So a young lady, her name is Hannah. She recently um, spoke out because while she was there, she was uh, sexually assaulted. And then when she reported that she was assaulted, uh, she was punished by staff. Now, when I seen the punishment she was given, I knew like, okay, I, yeah, I really have to say something. Like I really have to have her back on this because I, I truly believe that they did that. So Dr. Phil, I am going to give you from now till April 5th to issue an apology, not only to me, but to Hannah and any other child that you sent to Turnabout or any other program like this. And if you don't, I'm gonna handle things my way. Welcome back to Banfield. My guest for the hour, uh, the inimitable Dr. Phil McGraw. So Phil, I'm um, I'm reading the New York Post this weekend. I open up this uh, story about a teen rapper named Bad Bobby, B-H-A, uh, and her real name is Danielle Bragoli, and she's saying, I want an apology from Dr. Phil, and if I don't get an apology by some date, I'm going to handle it my own way. She says that I was on his show five years ago, uh, and I was recommended to go off to this boot camp, and they uh, were abusive at this boot camp. I want to play this, the, the, the soundbite from your show, so everybody knows who this person is and, and what she was like at 13 years old. Her mom brought her on the show to say, I can't, I can't handle her anymore. So here's that, here's that moment off your show. And all these hoes laughing like something funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Catch me outside, how about that? Huh? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. Catch her outside, I and mean, she'll go outside and do what she has to do. That's what she's talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. boy. Um, I, I had a vague recollection of of that young. And by the way, let's remind everyone that was thirteen. Um, not sure how I would have handled that that thirteen year old if she were my thirteen year old. But let's talk about her and what she's now uh, doing in, in her accusations. Um, she says that the place that she was recommended to go was uh, abusive to her, wouldn't let her sleep. What are your, what are your uh, responses to her? Well, you know, she went to um, Turnabout four or five years ago, and if she had a bad experience, you know, obviously I would, I would hate that. We'd be sorry about that. But uh, we don't have anything to do uh, with what happens with guests once they leave the stage. I mean, that's between the guardian and the parent and whatever facility they go to. So we're not involved in that. We don't have any feedback from them. So it, whatever happens once they're there, uh, that's between them and the, and the facility. I assume she had a problem. She filed a complaint with the proper authorities or something five years ago. So I, I really don't know much about it. Okay. So Dick, I had always seen, I did some homework for this episode. I had always seen the memes and the clips of you on Dr. Phil. I had no idea until yesterday that you fucking spent a week in a house with these motherfuckers. 
Yeah, uh, those those clips didn't make it. I I really wish we had like um, all the all the footage from that because it's five straight days of crazy house with those crazy people going on these boat rides and these stupid <laughs> team building activities with all these uh, <laughs> Doctor Phil fans. It would be nice, but. No, like there's a whole there's a whole limo. Um, the after that, after being in the studio audience, like the the clip that everybody saw, they put us in these limos and we did we did interviews in the limos as they drove us to the the house that we were staying at, which is actually a soundstage like two blocks away. So they drive around Hollywood like to kill time and interview us and ask us things that make so we make asses of ourselves. Uh, so they're asking me stuff like. Oh, did the studio audience thing make you feel any different? And what do you think about saying all? What do you think of when Doctor Phil was saying all that stuff you said? And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, women are fucking dumb. Blah 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 blah. And the the limo driver starts getting the limo starts getting out of control, like taking sharp turns and stuff. And the camera guy doesn't he doesn't realize anything. He's just concentrating on me getting his shots and doing his interview. Uh, and I'm noticing that the limo is starting to kind of bounce around, like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. I'm like, uh, I don't know if this is, I, I don't know if this is, and he's telling her to keep going. He's like, no, keep going. I got to ask more of these questions. <laughs> and that guy, the guy is like, you can, by the end, you could tell that that guy just thinks it's as funny as I do. Like, cause they're all just regular guys and they're doing, doing filming, doing like PA work and camera work. Like they don't give a shit about Dr. Phil. Uh, so eventually this woman who's driving the limo screeches to a halt in the middle of orange, uh, about or- orange in Santa Monica, where the, the house was pu- slams on the brakes in the middle of traffic and starts, uh, having a, a moment where she's shouting, I don't have to hear about this shit anymore. A black woman. I don't have to hear about this shit anymore about women are whores and this and that. And she jumps out. She jumps out in the middle of the street in her limo riding outfit. She opens, she pops the trunk, and she starts getting my bags and throwing them in the street. Uh, and I look over at I look over at uh, the producer, whose uh, whose name I remember, but I'm not going to say it. I look over at him like, oh wow. Well, I mean, this is this is fucked, right? Clearly, we went. Clearly, you went too far in pushing this interview. Like, I'm thinking, I'm looking at him, thinking, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're going to stop here and try to fix this, right? Because this is. And he the he had the camera on her. He's filming her having a fucking meltdown in the street. And all his only reaction is to turn the camera back up to me. And I am looking. This woman's freaking out, throwing all my shit in the street in the middle of in the middle of fucking midday Hollywood traffic. And I'm looking up and I look over, look into this dead lens of this camera. And I'm like, oh, Okay, so it's just be a huge asshole all week. You got it. So I instantly just turn into, well, here you go, ladies and gentlemen, fellows and gentlemen. This is exactly why I say you never, never hire a woman to do a man's job. Actually, never hire a woman. First of all, as a driver, are you kidding me? Honey, I thought you were going to get us killed in there, and that was before you lost your period on us. Like, just... (laughs) Over and over and over. And then uh, she gets in the car, goes away. I get my bags. I go sit down. And uh, the guy, the producer turns off the camera. And he says, he finally laughs. And he goes, that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I was like, oh, yeah? Thanks. And he goes, this footage is never getting on TV. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't see that on the show. (laughs) Come on. He goes, oh, yeah. I watched every episode. No way. (laughs) 
Now, yeah, yeah, but I don't mean bitches in a disrespectful way. I mean it as a general word for women. Now, I did, okay, <clears throat> I did pull, I pulled two clips from the show. I watched every episode. I pulled two clips from the show. Dick okay. is just one of the sweetest guys. I just thought this was funny because, like, apparently you were just a sweetheart. Dick is just <laughs> one of the sweetest guys. This, this, uh, yeah. Sorry, this plays during the this plays during the end credits of the last episode <laughs> of the when you're at the house. Yeah. Dick is just one of the sweetest guys. Yeah. He wants to say that he still feels the same as when he first got here, but I can see that he's changed. I think Dick is afraid to admit that he um, has a kind heart. <laughs> I mean, again, again, I want to do the whole thing again. Look, yes, I'm the sweetest person in the fucking world. Women are retarded. That's uh, what are you guys not getting about this? <laughs> you're all watching this goddamn show. You're all watching this fucking show like it's Sigmund Freud. Like you're like he's like Dr. Phil is not just doing Mad Libs of country bumpkin horse shit. You're the Dude, idiots okay, you're I'm talking about. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> You know, you know what's funny? I watched okay. So when we watched all the Doctor Phil episodes that you were on, I watched them like the last over the last two days with my wife. Oh my god! I hadn't seen, yeah, and and she she is nine months pregnant, baby coming out anytime, and she agreed with most of what you said. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I think a pregnant woman would agree more than anybody. Women who have a man. Want want their men to hate all other women? Like, yeah, get these bitches away from my man! Are you fucking? Get, you're goddamn right, honey. Women are fucking horrible. Now let's go have our kid together and keep hating women for, by all means. Uh, it's just the like, what kind of woman? What kind of woman would not want a raving misogynist as a husband? Like, yeah, aren't you worried that your man will meet another woman at work? No, he actually hates women, so he does. He tries to be around them as little as fucking possible. It's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good it's point. Working for my relationship, they're just so there's so anybody, any, everyone with a brain understands that I'm saying a significant amount of people in the world are intolerable and a drain, and I fucking hate them, man and woman. Like everybody gets that, uh, but except the people who are doing it, like except the people I'm talking about, and they all hate me to get they all. We all know what I'm saying, but we have to pretend that I'm saying something else so that we can talk about it. Like it's so. It's so obvious. Anyway, I'm glad you guys liked it. I, yeah, no, it's it is, uh, and I just pulled one more clip, and mainly sure. because I want to just confirm my suspicion on this clip here. Yeah, I'm a. Well, I'll ask you after the clip is over. My philosophy before I came into the Dr. Phil house is oh that God. men are better than women. Now I couldn't agree with myself more. Just because <laughs> what I say sounds harsh doesn't mean necessarily that actions based on it are. As I predicted, nice. you really don't have a change that you intend to make. Yeah, this is pretty you. much a marketing thing for you. I can't say that it's not a marketing thing, but I did come into this with an open attitude and everything I say about women has come true in this house. Yep. When Dr. Phil challenged my motives for being here, that left an impression with me because it appeared to me like he didn't respect my reasons for being here. And a man like Dr. Phil, it's important to have their respect. <laughs> okay, please, please tell me That's that good. was a troll. Yes, with of course. Like I'm so, I mean, people, honestly, people, 
people really oh, man, like Dr. Phil, it's important to have the respect of all the episodes. That was the line that made me laugh the hardest. That was funnier than the fucking treadmill line. Like a man like Dr. Phil, it's important to have the respect. That's how you get it on TV. Bro, exactly. Do you know how fucking exactly? That's exactly yeah. how you get it on TV. Uh, Dude, I fucking know, lost it when you said that. I fucking lost it. You know how fucking good it feels to lie to 65 million people, like, right to their face? It's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. It's real. It's so important that Dr. Phil gets your respect. And he has to, and he has to sit there. Dr. Phil has to sit there and nod at that, even though he knows you're being an asshole. He, he fucking knows. He knew the whole time when I would say shit like that that I was fucking with him. And he has to sit there and go... Yeah, I can't say anything because what you're saying, these morons think you're being honest and they agree with you. Like you've walked, you're now in the idiot. You're talking idiot just like me and you're doing it better than me. And I fucking am seething with rage sitting here across from you in a chair that's, uh, that's bolstered by a fucking piece of plywood so I don't sink into it. So I look like the dad here. Uh, yes, of course it's a fucking troll. I, I hadn't laughed that hard in a while when I heard you say it's important to have someone's respect like dr phil like i fucking lost it <laughs> that was the funniest part of the whole thing i was so oh my god uh, yeah. but yeah that's uh yeah that, i mean that whole that whole thing i because like that's i said i had only seen the i'd only seen the memes and the clips i had no idea until like two days ago that you spent a fucking week in a house with these people so my last question about that is and we can move on were anybody else was anybody else like fake or trolling or was it just you was everybody else just real um i think they played up their issues to get in the house like right i think they cuz they're all i mean they got problems they, these people have real problems uh, not like me who yeah. has who has uh, problems you <laughs> can make money off of uh they have problems <laughs> that make you poor uh <laughs> I don't know. They're like, they, they all wigged out one day. They all wanted Dr. Phil's attention all day. Like every single day, multiple times a day, they would bitch and complain and act out and try, try to get Dr. Phil to be there and complain about Dr. Phil not being there. So I don't know if you call that faking. It's like they're all clearly, some of them, their therapists begged them not to go too. They would talk about it. Uh, they would talk about it, just like sitting around wow. saying like, yeah, this is like my therapist like begged me not to do this, but you know, I figured fuck her. And I'm like, oh yeah, awesome. That's real. Wow. What a fucking dumb decision that a woman made. I hope they put that on a, um, but I, n they weren't, they weren't faking it on per, well, they didn't get what they wanted. I put it that way. So I don't know. They weren't, they, they weren't being a, um, they weren't, they weren't, uh, they weren't pretending. They weren't trolling. They were, they were crazy. They were closer to who they said they were than I was, or maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I was I was fucking dying watching that. But yeah, anyways, props props to that man, dude. That and, fucked and, me and, up. And then after that, I went to MenAreBetterThanWomen dot com. Still up. It's still an active website. Oh hell yeah! Uh, that five five or six days in that house, whatever it was, totally fucked me up. Being like <laughs> sleeping with the fucking lights on and all the cameras on all the time and with my glasses on and being woken oh. up early. Uh, I was real. <laughs> did, did Dr. Phil come in the lab? Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, 
I need everybody to wake up now. We got the cameras rolling. Like, yes. Was there like a Dr. Phil's loud voice over the loudspeaker? Uh, they would play videos <laughs> of him. Like, here's what Dr. Then he would, <laughs> he would have some stupid video that he talked about, like, what you were doing today. There was one bathroom, one bathroom for six people to share to get ready. So you're up, you're up getting ready with the girls. Uh, it's like, it's like, it was like, it was basically Abu Ghraib, like CIA torture that I went through to bring that comedy to you people. So I really hope everyone enjoys it until the end of time. Cause it's never going to happen again. That's the worst. That's the best and worst thing about it. The way that, um, the way that entertainment and specifically these freak shows like Dr. Phil and Jerry Springer, they're so distributed now that there's no one, there's no one, like one show to, to ruin and corrupt and troll. It's all, it's all spread out. Like there's never going to be another Seinfeld because everything's all spread out, uh, and on yeah. demand. You were and- like the, you were like the original Catch Me Outside girl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. That's a way to yeah, put it. That's it. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. man. Uh, but yeah, we'll get her on the show someday, Dick. Don't worry. I I'm hope so. Be- Bahad Bahabi is that her name? Bahad yeah, Bahad we've got open Bahad. DMs. You know. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Of course. Good. <laughs> I got my deal. rap connections at full play. You know, I have. No, she's already <laughs> said no to going on the show. Oh, uh, well, fuck. One day. Yeah, she'll she'll want attention again someday. Don't worry, time's on our side. Yeah. Did you see her? Uh, did you see her whole thing? She made a video accusing Doctor Phil of like grooming and pedophilia and sex trafficking. Yeah, that's oh. how we started talking on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged her about that and was like, "Yo, I know this guy who was on Doctor Phil. You should do his podcast and whatever." Uh, uh, I think she wanted her file, team uh, to talk to she Dick. Did, she but did she that didn't whole thing. She show, was like, uh, so. "It was like." She basically, she was like, I was at the Dr. Phil house, and they were, like, groping everybody. I can't remember the exact details of the video, but, yeah, Bahad Bahabi, a.k.a. the Catch Me Outside Girl. I think it was like she was saying the ranch the ranch that the kids ranch. get sent to is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, though. Yeah, right? good. That's, Fuck. that's what's funny about it. Fuck everyone on Dr. To the ranch. Phil. I hope they all do get raped. But, like, what? What? who fucking cares? Oh, my. <laughs> you're never going to believe this. Dr. Phil sent all his guests to a fucking... Uh, a ranch that raped people. Oh wow! I, I hope I hope they uh, I hope they did it twice. I hope they raped him coming and going. What? Is this from her video? No, this is just sad music while you talk about. Oh how yeah, rape is good. I've, I everybody yeah. forgot how annoying these people are. Like if they walk off the Jerry Springer <laughs> stage and go directly into a blender, that's the best. That's the best case scenario. These people are fucking monsters. The reason does anybody remember the show Cops? Do you remember the people? Those the people featured on that show were guests of the show Cops. That's what that show was. Oh, hey, we're the police department. Today our guest is a bunch of fat shirtless drunks. Oh, God. They sent them to a rape farm? How fucking horrible. Oh. God forbid. God forbid these people suffer when all they are is a plague of suffering and idiocy on the rest of us. No, I'm I'm done. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> Terrific was, the, job. The piano music did make that a little better. Uh, yeah. It did. <laughs> Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast, Abe and a Six Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows 
Anybody can have a podcast, and uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. And, uh, you know, there are two-year-olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that. It, it's just, uh, don't waste your time. Really, really avoid it like the plague.